So we start off today's session with us heading back into town. Back to Breach Hill with our new friend Tyrannus, uh, the Hell Knight Armager, who we met while we were, you know, just partying with a whole bunch of goblins around a roasted dinosaur. Mm. As, as you know, you are wont to do sometimes. Just doing a, a, hero things. A, doing, doing, doing hero things. A pretty standard experience. And uh, as you proceed back down through the winter cold of late Abadaris. You've been discussing Kalmonts, you've been talking about uh, the Citadel a bit. I know you, at least, had been asking some of the, the Hell Knight Order's history and some of Varicia's Citadel of Raid, uh, where Tyrannus comes from. But as the group of you approach, uh, approach the outside walls of Rachel, coming back in from the north, uh, you see two things. First of all, there are the pair of town guards that are pretty much universally stationed outside the couple main entrances to Breach Hill, just vetting, making sure. They don't usually stop anybody, but you are currently carrying under your arm, I believe, a fugitive mm -hmm. <laughs> that you are just sort of dragging around. It has been largely silent for the journey so far. Kalmont at this point has had little to interject other than the intermittent plea to be put down and allowed to walk like a person. Which we have definitely not. Which, yeah, nobody has acquiesced to, and I figure at some point he probably gave up on that entirely, uh, to the amusement of Tyrannus. But also, uh, there appears to be a wagon set up outside, a fairly large wooden contraption that is folded out into various bays and docks and uh, stations around all sides, opened up like a shop front. Uh, and a amazing amount of engineering effort has gone into the thing because it looks like the entire wagon damn near unfolds huh. into a portable shop cool. with a pretty extravagant banner across the top reading in massive bolded fairly plain lettering sal's sword porium hmm Zod for a variety of reasons, but all of you having been in Breach Hill for quite some time, I love the sound of 25 <laughs> notebooks opening simultaneously. Oh, it's music to a GM's ears. But uh, primarily, all of you having been from Breach Hill for some time, there's not really visitors like or travelers or merchants that come through. The town itself is largely self-sufficient, relying on farms like buddies for food, and then a lot of just processing and industry inside the town itself. It's a fairly simple place for fairly simple folk, and it's just far enough off the beaten path up in the foothills that it's pretty rare for a traveling merchant to come through. Hmm. But as your ragtag group here, the six of you, counting Tyrannus, and seven if we're countering, uh, still counting Kalmon, who's just being dragged, <laughs> carried like a sack approach, a man with his hair slick, almost oiled back and very dappered up i would say a, a sharp simple vest drawn over a collared white shirt and a very well kept simple mustache almost handlebars oh down to his chin darts out from somewhere <laughs> in the bowels of this wagon store abomination <laughs> <laughs> to stand waiting arm folded in front of him like a butler and a smile on his face as he approached down the road <laughs> to hawk whatever it is Sal carries in his sword porium, though it doesn't seem difficult to guess based on name alone. So from that, can I assume, A, that he's a human? He's in fact a human. And B, that the town guard have apparently not let him inside? 
Well, he uh, for he is outside. He's right outside the town gate. He's not trying to make any distance from the guard. He, his wagon is angled uh, almost as if advertising to somebody coming down from the northern road, which leads pretty much just up into the Five Kings Mountains. Yeah, that's, so that's pretty... There's, there is not a lot of travel that comes up and down this road. So even for a traveling merchant that has come here, this is a questionable place to set up shop. Huh. Uh, and Elva shall ask you, do you recognize that guy? I've never seen him before. Do I recognize that guy? You do not. No, none of you would, actually. You've never seen him around Bridgeville. Oh, nor no. have you seen this wagon, nor have any of you heard of Sal's or Borium. Hmm. Do I see any draft animals that may have been pulling said cart somewhere? Uh, there there would probably be a pair of fairly sturdy horses off the, okay. to the side. So at least it didn't apparently come out no, of the, nowhere. No, the wagon has not appeared out of nowhere. It was it was drawn here by, by animals. Because, you know, this this so, town has a history. It's a, it's a fairy market. You have to be careful. You know? Don't uh, but touch anything. As you come down the road, Tyrannus seems to be a little more amused by this than usual. Do you normally have merchants, travelers, hawks, or wares here? It's, uh, we rarely get traveling merchants at all. We are quite far away from any place where it would be profitable for them to travel. That is what I would have, would have assumed, but this seems like some operation. He almost seems, uh, again, amused yeah. by the mere existence of this ridiculous thing. Uh, I guess I'll go over to the guards, um... We're, uh, we've come back with the prisoner. So if you go into the guard, you're just yeah. walking right past yeah. this guy. Yeah, so walking right just, past him. Well, as you, as I'm, you, kind of, I'm, I'm if, kind of looking at it because I'm pretty curious. Getting, yeah, as you go to walk past the sword Purium, he is absolutely going to hail you with the free hand. Friends, adventurers, mercenaries, heroes, whatever you style yourselves, welcome to South Sword Porium. Swords of all kinds, traveling swords, adventuring swords, fighting swords, protecting swords, anything you folk may need for your journeys. Sometimes, occasionally, runic swords, magical swords. You look the priestly clerical type. Uh, tell me, and he looks down at your holy symbol. I... Well, I, what deity does that represent? I assume that is a holy symbol of some kind of your faith. Well, yes, that's of Sarenrae. 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 I have heard of that one. She was the goddess of... Uh... Hold on, don't tell me. I know this one. She was... Daylight. Yes? In a sense, yes. The goddess of the sun, truth, and healing. Ah, of course. Yes, yes. Healing is the main one that come to mind. She runs the healing churches. Uh... Another very useful service to adventurers, mercenaries, heroes, whatever you style yourselves. Are, uh, I would ask, are you the leader of this? Is it a mercenary company? I don't wish to be rude here, but... No, no leader. Merely just along to provide assistance for the, the hard-working individuals here. And uh, heroes will save you some words. Heroes, then. Fantastic. And uh, as you step in to give him any kind of information. He just extends a straight hand out to you. <coughs> Sal Sartod, Sal Sam. I'll reach in. past already and he turns and uh, just <laughs> slightly adjusts his angle to be facing Buddy instead. Sal Sartod, Sal Sorporium. Uh, to whom do I have the pleasure of speaking with today? This is <clears throat> Buford Bates, but you can just call me Buddy. Buddy, spectacular name. You, I can see, an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur of swordship. You have a variety there on your purse and your bag. Flat swords, wide swords, defensive swords. Mostly hammers, but, you know. Flat uh, swords, of course. Uh, we have all types uh, here you may be interested in. And he, he turns around, and a whole side of his wagon seems to rotate and flip over <laughs> as he turns the side to just an array of 
They are they are literally all labeled as different kinds of swords. Uh, he does originally have a couple of just simple long and short swords that he has labeled uh, as swords. Daggers, kunai, pocket swords, uh, assorted spears and pikes as long swords. Uh, are they not long, long swords? No, they're long swords. Okay. Long sword is labeled as just a regular sword. Okay. And uh, he also turns around a portion of his desk to show an assortment of flat swords, wooden and steel shields. He has arranged <laughs> on the front side here. Well, I guess here at Sal Sword Porium, swords for every type, for every hero. Uh, Resme, uh, just looking out of the corner of her eye, will go uh, Revitatum Villare uh, and detect magic uh, to see if any of them are magical. Uh, the thing magic, you don't uh, pick up any signatures on any of the visible variety of swords that he is presenting to you, but you do pick up a, a couple of minor magical signatures under the outer display. So he does have some things, they're just not immediately in vision and grabbing range. Hmm. Uh, well, quite a, quite a variety, uh, and I uh, think uh, you came all the way out here to our uh, fine little town of Breach Hill. Um, I, I'm surprised to find you outside the walls, actually. Oh, well, old Sal's journey takes in a wide variety of locales, and this one is not one I'd sought out uh, specifically, I will admit. Breach Hill, you said it's called. It's an interesting little town, though. Uh, quite far from, as you said, virtually everything. Mm. Clearly one very much in need of heroes such as yourselves. So, you, and he, he looks over and he sees the, the halberd, yeah. the peace arm, I yeah. think is what you have, slung yeah. across your back. Like, I see you are a fan of the longer, wide swords. Those are an interesting type. Very useful as far as swords go. They've got the two main <laughs> tenets of a valuable attacking sword. You have reach and you have sharp. And there's not much more you need beyond that, I'd imagine. Uh, the and, combination uh, has served my, gen fan served my family well. And he reaches underneath the wagon and pulls up another massive display. Just another huge <laughs> shelf of assorted pole arms. Uh, How does this thing work? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just extending out from underneath the wagon itself. I mean, I'll look at it. I mean, just for any reason, just to look at the wagon some more. Like, what is this? Anything interesting? Uh, and everything he has is admittedly fairly simple. They're, mm -hmm. they're all fairly plain, but they all look to be effective. Like, none of them are of shoddy make or anything, but there's nearly no embellishment. Uh, the basic long and short swords, what he has under swords, are the most simple thing imagine. A basic handle, uh, nearly squared cross guard, and just a flat blade sharpened on both sides with a simple stubbed pommel. Nice. And that's the same recurring theme for everything. There doesn't appear to be any sign of a forge or an anvil or any kind of smithing gear. It doesn't indicate that this wagon has anywhere that he could create these things himself. Then again, he continues to appear to pull stuff out of almost literally nowhere from this wagon, so it's entirely possible there could be an entire smithy in there for all you really know. <laughs> so what are you doing here outside of town, though? You know there's town square and everything inside. Oh, yes. Uh, from my understanding and my discussion with this uh, gentleman back here, so what was your name again? He turns back to the guard. And the guard, half exasperated, but at least a little bit amused here. Tyrannus is in the back, just... <laughs> Just grinning at this. Tyrannus is beyond amused. Uh, Sir Fest. And uh, he looks like, yes, Sir Fest. Oh, I remember now. Yes, you had the bear name. Not the Grizzly Fest. Not the uh, not the Brown Fest. Panda Fest. Pandarus Fest. It was an amusing one. Sal found humor in this man's title. Uh, he told me that there was very little of the traveling merchants that came through this breached hill and that the town square may not actually attract... Uh, as much as the journeying road here, and now, standing not more than four or five hours, customers indeed have appeared. 
He has not led me astray. Thank you, Sylvester, for your assistance. And he turns back and nods to the guard, and the guard just shakes his head. <laughs> and, uh... Who has Kalmont? Just out of rock curiosity. Uh, probably me, actually. Yeah. You. So you're a little back from this, because Buddy kind of pushed past you yeah. to get in. And, uh... As Sir, as Pandarus, the guard, sort of looks across the group here, he, he sees Kalmont and, like, narrows his eyes a bit and kind of leans in a little like he's he's trying to look and uh, makes his way over towards the group with a quick motion to his partner. Mm-hmm. And uh, he just sort of leans into you, uh, Dalred, and says, oh, that's Kalmont, ain't it? Yes, indeed. Uh, we're bringing him to the town hall to face justice for trying to burn it down. Of course. Uh, don't let this... Just makes a hand gesture encompassing <laughs> the whole of South Sword for him. Uh, oh, whatever this is, uh, stall well, you any longer. Yeah. Let's go, please. Perhaps then uh, Sal will come back uh, and browse your wares later. We actually have um, some other interesting swords that you might find interesting as well. Uh, but uh, we actually are delivering a package, and you'll kind of heft Calmont under his arm, uh, to the authorities here. Uh, and so time is a bit of the essence. Ah, I understand. Yeah, your small friend there might be interested in the arrangement of pocket swords that I have here on the side. Uh, much smaller weapons for smaller folk. Easy to wield, easy to conceal, easy to do nefarious acts with, if that's what your friend is into. Uh, it is indeed, and that's one of the reasons why we're bringing him in. Fair enough. Well, if he's interested later, I'll be here. Have no worries. No concerns, my friend. Sal Sartad at your service. Hear that, Calmont? You might have a place you can still do business after all this is over. Uh, do watch out, though. He has a tendency to light things ablaze. Ah, I, hmm, I, I had heard once upon a time. <laughs> do you um, have any fire swords? <laughs> no. And he, he looks down and uh, pulls out a little drawer behind the display and is packing through. He's like, I have several of these small uh, swordic runes, I believe. I had heard of one. I was traveling through, uh, what was it? It was the island in the center of the intersea, the Isle of Absalom. That was what it was. Major city of Absalom. Uh, they had told me there were these swordic runes for flaming purposes, and perhaps you could even have a flaming sword, a flaming pocket, pocket sword, a flaming long sword, a flaming sword, a flaming shoot sword. And uh, he pulls down another lever from the top of his thing, and bows just dangled. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it was bows coming. Bows and crossbows just dangled down from this extension at the top of the wagon. At this point, this guy has a veritable, like, army, like, national armory of just assorted weapons. Like displaying. A, a string comes and just goes <laughs> just down the side of the wagon. Thank you, but if and, uh, I want to light something on fire, I'm perfectly capable of doing it myself. Now, hold on here right quick. I mean, this guy clearly knows what he's talking about. I mean, oh, just look at his can we please go wares. back to town? Buford, buddy, Buford. Can I call you Buford, buddy? Buddy, buddy. Buddy. Really, really and, the way uh, to go. He pulls out another small uh, kind of square stone, uh, maybe about as long as your thumb in all directions. It's very flat, very thin, and it has what looks to be a, an intricate sigil inscribed on the outside of it. The thing is perfectly smooth, other than this slight engraving, and he sets that on, uh, on the corner. Well, I may not have access to flaming for you, buddy, what I can do is I can get you one of these swordic sigils for any of your own swords yourself, except your body swords. Body swords are a different sword, but your flat swords, your long sword, your regular swords, um, and he... Looks at you and seems to stop for a second, looking at like what you have on your belt. He sort of tastes, he freezes. What's uh? 
What do you call that? And he points down at your whip. That's a whip, I do say so. You know, it's good for lassoing, good for good for hauling in things, it's good for tripping things. It's really, you know, I'm surprised you don't have any of those because, I mean, it's one of the best weapons around. I mean, Esfis over here will for sure 100% guarantee all the times this worked for me. It's a snaky sword. A snaky sword, a whip, a whip sword. Interesting. I don't know that I have seen heroes uh, adventuring with those before. That's a... That's a unique take you have on the genre there, buddy. Now, and he steps over and puts his arm around Esfis. Esfis, buddy, Esfis. Can I call you buddy, Esfis? Esfis. And, uh... We're all buddies his, now. His, his back a little bit. And just kind of touches the tip of your bow. I see you're fat of the shooting swords yourself. Now, these swordic runes are for oh. all kinds of swords. Shooting swords, they can apply uh, just as well as a regular sword. I'll you start can, backing away completely, slowly. Completely... Utterly unaware of the growing rage in Esfis's face here. This man's about to be hunted. Now, Sal, you know, sometimes he doesn't like to be touched, you know. Sometimes it's best to admire from distance. Oh, of course, I understand. Yeah, personal space and all for your swords. Some people are very protective of their assorted swords. I understand. Still you... actively hanging off, doing no, uh, all these... <laughs> you, buddy, Buford, buddy. I called you buddy, right, Buford? Buddy, buddy. I, uh... I see that you, uh, much to the difference of a lot of your friends here, you value the protection of a body sword. And he reaches over to hey, the you back don't know side how to of make the wagon and opens a door and out comes an entire <laughs> another like wardrobe thing. Now with this is what we're looking chain for. Chainmail, breastplates, uh, and a, a set of full intact actual knight full plate armor with the the visored helm and all. He says, but you can do well to expand that. That body sword protects your chest, your legs somewhat, your shoulders a bit, what with the uh, the sword pauldrons. But no helmet, no proper gauntlets, nothing to protect your sword hands from the other swords. And now this baby, and he just slaps the back of the huge full plate suit here. This is a full body protective sword. You can fit so much body in this thing. <laughs> I you can fit so much body in this sword. <laughs> I guess I'll try to figure out what the little disc thing actually does. I'll uh, try to identify it. And I do have quick identification now, so it'll only take me a minute. Fantastic. So uh, as you're, he did leave it on the counter there. So as you're, you're just looking over this little thing, uh, I will just go ahead and throw a d20. What is your, I'm assuming, arcana that you're using? Yeah, uh, it's plus five. So this, uh, this very simple sigil here is actually a runestone. Uh, rune stones, I will, this is the first one we've encountered here, Ben, this is a very new, very large Pathfinder 2 mechanic, I'll explain a little, a little further than I normally would, uh, also because you critically succeeded on that anyway, so I'll give you all the details. Uh, rune stones are Pathfinder 2's answer to weapon and armor enchantments. Uh, instead of you just having to take a sword and have a wizard in, like, actually enchant the sword itself with plus one, you apply physical runes to weapons and armor. Uh, the potency crystal that you had used last session basically simulates having plus one striking runes on your weapon, which are two separate runes. Okay. Uh, so there's two different kinds <coughs> of runes. There's weapon runes and armor runes, and then below that, each of them have uh, potency runes and... Oh, I can't remember that one. There's so much new second edition stuff. Fundamental runes. Potency runes and fundamental runes. And what this is here is a fundamental potency rune. Uh, just a, the simplest level of it. It is what is Pathfinder 2's equivalent of a plus one weapon. Hmm. So you could install that on any of your weapons 
and it would be a, exactly what a plus one weapon was in Pathfinder. Well, not exactly, because it doesn't actually add damage. It would just add plus one to the attack, and it would, would it make your weapon count as magical for overcoming various resistances and whatnot. And since that's a fundamental rune, you will be able to add property runes to your weapon as well. Hmm. But you it's can't a, use property without fundamental. Exactly. So there is also a rune for flaming, for instance. And if you had an, a non-magical sword, you couldn't put a flaming rune on it because you have to have a sword that is already magical to it take magical property runes. Okay. I, I feel like I'm explaining this and making it sound dramatically more complicated than it is. Yeah, no, it seems simple. A lot just it's because it's very different. Yeah. But once you have a fundamental rune in your sword you or any kind of a weapon, you can also add a, a property rune. But because they are physical things, you can move them from place to place. So not only do you have this flat runestone that you, if anyone with a decent craft check, could install onto any weapon, if you hypothetically found, I don't know, like a plus one striking chain flail or a gnomish flick mace that nobody <laughs> is ever going to use, you can take the plus one and the striking runes out of the gnome flick mace and put them on a weapon you actually care oh, about. That's okay. pretty cool. Um, and it's permanent, right? It's not like a. It is permanent, yeah. Awesome. This, these, are, these are permanent upgrades. One use rune. <laughs> yeah, you put this in, you get one plus one swing. <laughs> So uh, it, it is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot more modular in second edition. It's a lot more interchangeable. You got to get a magazine of them, so it's like a plus one strike. You clip onto your mace and just start swinging, and runes are just shooting out <laughs> like shell casings every time you whack them. Every time you hit, there's a little click and a small blast. Boom. Next rune. You load the rune in the head of your hammer and you swing <laughs> and close up on them. Like <laughs> That's your plus one. Uh. This is um, interesting. Uh, how much? And uh, as he's still like mid explaining full plate, full body full protective sword. swords. Uh, <laughs> full to, sword. To Buddy over here. And he almost like mid sentence stops and just pivots and slides <laughs> back over to the desk in front of you. For you, my dear Buddy Esfis Buford, Buddy, uh, who do I have the pleasure of speaking to? Sal Sartod of Sal Sword Porium. And sticks his hand out to you. Uh, Resme. Resme, buddy, my friend, for this one right here, this is a uh, fairly simple sword sigil that I have found, useful for any sort of offensive swords. For you, my dear, 35 gold pieces. Uh, what do I think it's worth? Uh, you think it's worth about 35 gold pieces. Would a trade-in be something you'd be interested in? Well, of course! Here at South, Sword, uh, South Sword Porium, we're always interested in acquiring new variant swords for our collection to sell to other traveling heroes, adventurers, mercenaries, and all sorts. Well, how would some silver-tinged swords sound for you? Silvered swords, very interesting. I did notice the glimmer in your sword bag there, buddy. Your back sword seems to be full of many of these very gleaming flat swords of all various <laughs> varieties. A flat sword, a chain sword, a spiked flat sword. Interesting sword, you don't see those very often anymore. Uh, let's take a look if you're interested. I mean, if you <laughs> if you don't have one, I mean, it would be a shame to not add it to your collection. You wouldn't want to be incomplete, now, would you? And so you got four of these things. We're now? gonna yeah, put, we got four. We're these gonna things. put one of these on the counter, and the entire thing's gonna collapse from all the weight. <laughs> <laughs> it is exactly its weight. Let you put one extra weapon, the entire wagon just comes Those apart. Those poor horses. So, but, uh, yep. You you start laying these various silvered Hell Knight weapons on the table there. And, uh... Now, these are real rare, you know. The first I've ever seen of these kinds, and... I mean, I, I can't imagine what kind of damage they do. They, they, they're they real fancy. 
They're for slaying uh, demons. As you lay those down, uh, Tyrannus steps forward up towards the desk, looks at the group of you, and looks at the weapons you've pilfered for the Altarian that you're trying to barter with Sal of Sal of Sword for him. He did say it was perfectly fine to take him. It looks back at the group of you, kind of with a flat grin on his face, and turns to Sal. This weapons here are manufactured by the Hell Knight Order of the Nail for the purposes of slaying demons, devils alike. You have failed America. <laughs> you have let us down. There's like three things in the pre-show checklist. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, we but, didn't do two of them. That's fair. <laughs> no, put that fourth wall back up. <laughs> so, uh, look, so, this is manufactured by the Hell Knights of the Order of the Nail. Back when we occupied the Citadel Altarian, here on what I understand is now called Hellnight Hill. These weapons are as effective against these outsiders, these denizens of the hells and the abyss, as they would be against mortal flesh. Weapons that could protect against those that would seek to intrude from other dimensions or the realms to exert their will upon you. And Sal just looks at him. But he snaps at him. Yeah. See this man right here? He knows what he's talking about. Like, you really gotta pay attention with this man. And he looks back over towards Buddy. He just sort of motions for Buddy to come a little closer. And he just kind of leans up. Buddy. Buford, pal, Buddy. Can I call you Buddy? Buford. Uh, your, your friend here seems a bit simple. I don't know if he's a little confused about, about swords, but uh, I'll tell you what, he's very excitable. Sal likes that. Sal likes to see people excited about swords, even if they might not really understand what, what exactly they mean, where they come from. That's okay. It's not for everyone. Swords are a complicated and interesting art. Tell you what. I will give you that round the table. Your girl resume. You can impress your wife. Give her something real pretty, real nice, real fancy for her swords. With three of them silver flat swords. What do you say, buddy? Well, I don't know how much. Hey, Resme. <laughs> <laughs> yes. That's all kind of steps back and just resumes his default posture here, just waiting. Now there was a lot of math he just told me, and I can't remember what it was. <laughs> Some so numbers. I think you should probably be doing all the numbers. My wife never lets me do any of the numbers because that's why we're <laughs> that's why our farm's going under. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, buddy, you farm food swords. <laughs> we don't grow corn around here. Oh, you had the look of a food sword farmer. Me, them upright, long yellow shafts. No, 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 no. Corn, that, that don't grow this far. This out. This salad far swords. Out. Yeah, mostly, mostly salad sword. More, sword mostly guns, like ground the, swords. The, the, sword the potatoes. Sword, swords that you know horses eat. Ah, oh, I understand. I understand. I understand. I understand. Sorted. Uh, <laughs> we'll give you two. Kelly looks down at him. Two. You're never going to find them again. These are some fairly fancy swords that you brought in here, I must admit. But this here, Swordic Sigil, is an interesting lot. Difficult to acquire these kind of things out here in this neck of the woods. Pretty far up in, uh, what country is this? 
Isker. 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 That's it. Isker. Little chili eggs, we used to call it. Big Taldor, we used to call it. Big Sal knows. Sal, Sal, uh, Sal Sartan, Sal Sorpori, and he tries to shake Dal, uh, Dalran's hand again. I mean, I, I'm the only one who hasn't shaken his hand yet, so <laughs> might as well. The guard is still just standing there at this point, resigned to his fate that you are not going <laughs> to walk away from this wagon anytime soon, and that you have been enraptured by whatever foul sorcery Sal Sartan <laughs> of Sal Sorporium has put out upon you. Uh, and it, it is interesting, but it's not exactly uncommon. Let me tell you this, let me tell you this, here. Sal's gonna make you a counter offer, my dear. The true nature of haggling. Let's see what he has. And he... Do we have to? Reaches Absolutely. <laughs> He reaches quite enjoying the show. Down under the table and rustles around a bit, and you hear some clattering of metal and glass and all sorts of nonsense. You have no idea what he has down here. It's a kitten. Could be a kitten. It seems unlikely at this Kittens point. have natural swords. You really don't know. And he grabs some things. As well, my dear, you drive a hard bargain, but heroes such as yourselves, I say, do very much have a v- terrible good use for drinkable swords. And he puts two glass potion bottles up on the table. Lesser drinkable sword elixirs to undo all the harm those offensive swords done to you that your defensive swords haven't been able to protect you from. So, three of those for this sigil and two lesser drinkable sword elixirs. That sounds amazing. They are clearly labeled as lesser elixirs of life. Lesser elixirs of sword. Um, That's that's really good deal. Yeah, he was making the label. Um, she'll (laughs) she'll uh, she'll look like she's thinking about it really hard for a second and kind of wince and then go, oh okay. Are these the ones that taste bad? Because I don't know if we should take this deal. Fantastic, fantastic, fantastic. <laughs> Pleasure doing business with you, South Sartan, South Sarpori. Anytime you need any kind of swords for any kind of business, Esfis, buddy, Esfis. Can I call you Esfis? Remember, remember this face, remember this wagon, remember this shop, South Sarpori. And, uh... I intend to. <laughs> <laughs> I made, made a mark on you too, Esfis. I knew it. A separate transaction for you while, while I he have you He just takes here. the three closest of the silvered weapons, which is everything but the flail, uh, unless anybody... No. The flail's great. Stops him. So the flail is the one that he leaves. He so takes the... Attach the lightning uh, The other three and uh, puts them back on a small rack under his desk, presses uh, or slides the... Plus one. I'm not sure what the actual technical name of this thing is. The fundamental potency rune. Nice potent plus one potency rune. Whatever the, this thing is actually called. Towards you and the two clearly labeled lesser elixirs of life. Lesser drinkable sword elixirs. I'll raise my hand from below the counter. back to you. Yes! Uh, my small priest friend. Uh, buddy I? Esfis. Buddy Resme. Can I call you buddy? South Sartan, South Sartorium. A pleasure. Shake your hand. (laughs) (laughs) Could I get a a small bundle of, um, and I'll hold up my crossbow. What what would you call? Sword bolts. Sword bolts. Launchable sword bolts designed for the sword slinger. Uh, I have plenty of those. uh, He just (laughs) turns the rope that all the various bows and crossbows are are hanging from to put the crossbow and the light crossbow towards the middle. And then reaches back, rustles around in the, in the wagon a bit, and pulls out two small potted quivers of crossbow bolts, and which he will be more than happy to sell you two for 
whatever equivalent of crossbow bolts costs that I you bought the new character creation, so I'm going to yeah. assume that you know this. I believe it's two silver for ten. Sure. Sounds... That actually sounds way too high, but uh, we'll look it up later. Yeah. yeah. Just write down that you have and we'll deal with the monetary side of things at a later occasion. So, uh, the guard, <sighs> who at this point, you have... If, it, if you've watched the soul... Leave a man's body. <laughs> it is right now. How can this guard not find this amazing? He's standing here entirely checked out of his life while Tyrannus is still wildly amused by whatever is going on I, here. I guess we can go inside now. Let's uh, bring our package to the town hall. Yes, yes, and, indeed. Uh, as he uh, trades these things here, trades some coin across with Rur, he steps around the table and uh, reaches out towards Tyrannus. Now you, my good friend! Tyrannus says, no. <laughs> Very well. Sell sword Todd. Sell sword for him. You ever need any swords, full body swords, protective swords? You have those fancy black swords. And uh, Tyran, those are from Tyran. Just looks at him. No. <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, pleasure doing business with a lot of you, buddy Buford, buddy. Keep me in mind for all your sword-related needs. It was real pleasure meeting you, Sal. You know, it's. it's Really, one of a kind out here. There's not a whole lot of options here, so I'm really glad you're traveling around. I don't and, uh, know how you got here. A true spectacle doing business with you as well. I must thank this good guard here, sir. What was it, sir? Not Grizzly, not Brown, not Polar. Sir Panda, Sir Pandarus Fest, the guard. Thank you so much for your advice staying out here. If you led me to this wonderful bounty, and the guard just looks at him. <laughs> how long will you be in town? Looks the dull red. Uh, Sal. He's not technically in town. Around town. This man is correct. <laughs> we technically haven't said fun the town. Uh, <laughs> but that said, mm, unclear. And my travels call me various directions, various ways. My wanderer, you could say, a traveling merchant. South, South Sartan, South Sword Porin, the traveler. Uh, you might see me around. Been to Absalom, been through Taldor, Apara, Casimir, all sorts of places. Heading into Intercheliax soon, but plan was to head there a week or two ago. Had some difficulties at the border, you suppose. They. Found some, how you say, contraband swords in my wagon. I don't know what exactly they were on about, but, you know, those chelish swords always out with their laws and their regulations and Tyrannus stops. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm just going to look over at Tyrannus <laughs> like, hmm, I don't think you should be saying the and things Tyrannus you're saying right now. near immediately <laughs> stops smiling and just glaring at this man. But again, Sal seems completely oblivious. To basically anything that's going on around him. Dalrin, can we please go into it, town? Stop talking to him, for the love of God. It seems like he's actually not ever going to give us pause. We should probably just walk away. Yeah, yep. we're walking away. A pleasure but doing business. these swords here, fine, make all great wares. We'll give your enemies pause. As you're walking away. We'll give your enemies pause. South Sartan, South Sarpurian, remember... Never forget any swords you need. <laughs> and uh, as you're going, I'm uh, just gonna wish the guards good luck in dealing with this. This and the 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 other guard is still near the door. Does seem to find this somewhat amusing. He's, he's not out there currently being harassed or waiting. But as you get in the door, uh, the guard fest here kind of shakes his head. And he recognizes this guard from around town. He's he's, he's been around for forever, basically, and fest. Just rubs his brows. Well then, that debacle behind us, fortunately. I can take this fugitive into the guard captain if you wish. I'll take him into the town hall for processing. You, uh. You were the ones at the call for heroes yesterday, were you not? Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. I wasn't there myself that day, but I heard it was surprising. Uh, and none of you are terribly familiar. Like, you recognize him, but none of you really, like, know best very well. And he, he looks uh, at Rur, he looks at Dalren, he looks at Buddy, 
I said, this is an interesting sort. I've seen you group around town for quite some time. I didn't know you knew each other. I didn't know this was the... You didn't strike me as the adventuring sort, any of you. But, well... Things just worked out. Clearly, I'm... clearly so. I'm not one to judge Providence. You brought Calmont back to us alive, as the councilman had asked. Well, I'm sure being here on the north side of town, I'm sure, you know, probably heard Bonnie from here. So uh, you can probably imagine why I'm out uh, now adventuring type what with her family. And he just kind of nods. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I'll, uh, <laughs> I'll take Calmont into the town hall. Uh, I don't know what arrangement you had with the council members, but uh, once we get there... Given an hour, I'm sure they'll be more than happy to receive you with whatever award they've been promised. Perfect. You've done great, Shelly. Good service. I'm... Well, we'll need to go back out. Uh, we're not. We're not. We're still. Uh, there, there's still some work to be done uh, up at uh, Citadel Altarian, but uh, bringing Calment back took priority. So. And he he nods. Right, right. So. To say to man's curiosity, between you and I, so. Dalren? Dalren. Oh, no, sir. No, sir. Not knighted. Me either. I don't know where that man pulled that from. Just <laughs> Pandora's fest. But anyway, Dalren, what's going on up there? I mean, I know it's something, obviously. I know they organize an entire call for heroes to arrange something about goblins, but it has to be more severe than that, doesn't it? Oh, well, well, some... un Until we know for sure, perhaps it's best not to say too much. Oh, fair enough. Some ne'er-do-wells uh, apparently uh, brought a bunch of well, fairly exotic, I suppose, creatures in with them. Uh, the goblins wound up being trapped in the battlements, hence they sent their smoke signal up for distress, but uh, they there's still more uh, trapped up there uh, that are causing mischief, no doubt. We'll go no, clear no, them no, out. No, 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 I get that, I get that, I get that, but but what's What's it really about? Mostly, uh, large, rabid toads. Big ones. Toads? Well, actually... Large How do toads, toads survive in this cold? With acid. That... Wow, I don't remember any of this. I'm, I'm just rubbing my forehead. So I guess uh, Dalren will go through, um, I guess Resume probably has it. Uh, and pull out the hide of the dragon dog and just kind of show him one of them. With that. It's all right. We exterminated most of them, but we have to go back and make sure their nest is cleared out. Not to worry. We have it under control. Very well, and I certainly hope you do. I, and then he just kind of tugs on Kalmont's bindings. Absolutely no idea how this cat survived up there, but I'll take him into the town hall. Well, mm, more of a dog than a cat, but yes, take him away. You... It's damn impressive. And he takes it and just uh, yanks on Kalmont and just half drags him further into Breed Show. I'm telling you, um, we need a name. As um as we uh walk toward the town hall, um Resme uh looks at the group of you and just kind of in a low tone says, It's best not to talk about what's actually going on up there until we know better. Uh for now, let's just leave it as large, rapid, poisonous reptilian or amphibious toad things. Shall I'm, we? I'm definitely not going to be using that excuse but I will uh, refrain from speaking of what's happening. Is there a reason why we shouldn't brag about our accomplishments? First of all, you should never brag about something when you don't actually know what you've done yet. <laughs> we have not done anything <laughs> worth bragging about quite yet. And you've 
killed a variety of fairly large We haven't finished Second saving them yet. Did you see that guard's face when we showed him the dragon dog hide? Seriously, yeah, we're well on our way. Yeah, I us. I mean, we've been doing real good. Second I mean, of all, it's best to underplay uh, one's accomplishments when in public. I don't know that if you understand being a hero or not, because the whole point of being a hero is to, you know, be a hero... Mm, Besides, no. toads are just nobody likes toads. I feel like we should change it to something better, like I don't know, like baby dragons or like. Uh, this is gonna not be far off from. The yeah, I know. I'm tr- here. I am trying to be truthful over here, Sandy. I, I appreciate I'm, it. I'm, I'm, it's closer to the truth than toads. And Tyrannus just kind of shrugs. And that has a point. There is certainly no point in doing good without receiving recognition for it. Mm-hmm. There's also no good, no point in doing good when you're well, giving the, information away. The recognition is to be delivered to us by the council. Yes. Not by guards upon telling them what we've done. Well, Precisely. The tell other people. Yeah, but so will the council. Let's just go. So, this is truly, it is truly just about these goblins. Yeah. Oh, we were quite truthful when we talked to you. That it's was literally so the reason we were sent up there. I have no reason to disbelieve you. It is just... If I say I it, you know it's about true. Isgarans and goblins is the opposite of this. It's an odd change. The times have certainly advanced while I've been in Varesia. Though, admittedly, it is certainly not for the worse. I... I just don't know quite what to make of it. It's interesting. Um, it's we'll kind of s- funny that the first adventure that my wife sends me on out here is going to be for goblins when her whole family ended up getting wiped from the goblin, goblin wars, but I suppose uh, time moves on, eh? We'll see how long it lasts. <sighs> so we shall. Anyway, what is the plan? I gather that the group of you will be heading to your town hall to receive whatever reward for whatever it is you did, rescuing these goblins. Oh, and afterwards... Capturing that petty criminal. Mm-hmm. What well, with this petty arson. You're welcome to come along with us if you'd like to let the council know about your doings in the area so I, that they don't feel suspicious of the character showing up. I say no need. Does the presence of a lone Hell Knight armager cause much suspicion? Just strangers. Certainly unusual. Anyway, I more meant what are your plans for you expressed interest in joining me descending into the vaults below. Of course. Yes, mm-hmm. we intend to. If after a few days to regroup and resupply. Oh, probably not even that long. We could probably leave tomorrow morning. Okay. So, if you're looking for my farm, you head right out <laughs> the gate that we were, and you take left, and you know, hang left. You see this, like, wonky willow tree, and you're going the right direction. You keep going down that road, and it turns kind of more into a path, but it's definitely there. You'll definitely see it. So you keep going down that, and you'll see the farm kind of open up, and man, it is just heaven right there. You just walk right right up to the door if we're not back yet. And Bonnie, Bonnie will treat you right. You know, she's probably got food in the oven already. The uh, if you the inn is down, down there. <laughs> yeah, there are about three three inns that will rent out rooms. He just kind of starts his chin. Very well, Buford. I appreciate the offer, but as I said prior, I 
believe it'll be simpler for all of us if I simply stay in town. I guess it is kind of a walk if you're, you know, on the lazier type. I guess it works out all right. <laughs> yes, that I have very well been told of my laziness. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that old uh, anyway. knee wound. Anyway. What, what are your plans for Virgopay? I see, and he just kind of looks around through the, the town here to this northern entrance, and uh, as you guys have re-entered Breach Hill here, uh, you can see, where's my, my thing of where stuff actually is? Here is my thing of where stuff actually is. Uh, you can see all of the, uh, the, the, everything leading down basically to the town center. It's, it's not a very large town, Breach Hill. It's, mm. it's not nothing, but it's not particularly large. We can meet back here uh, what would tomorrow morning. the closest morning? visible in that he can see here in Breach Hill? Let me look. I mean, like, we can point in directions, too. Oh, yeah, you, do, you definitely could. There's there's a couple. There's the... I was looking to see specifically where Wizard's Grace was, because being <clears throat> not a, you know, sketchy tavern, that's probably... Yeah. The, but that is actually on the opposite side of town from where you were coming in. So when he would come in... Uh, actually, you would almost immediately see the pickled ear nice. on the right, which, as the name may imply, is it's a place that you can rent a room and stay and drink. <laughs> uh, the pickled ear is, I would say, not high class, but kind of in line with what Tyrannus is expecting to find here in Breach Hill. So as he enters and just sort of looks around on the roads and sees that little tavern hanging of the pickled ear uh, with... It's namesake. And a grimace. <sighs> Perhaps the fun would be better after all. <laughs> I'll uh, let him know about a couple of the other choices that he might want to go look at. Dara <laughs> <laughs> was totally going to let him sleep. I'm not going to do Tyrannus to the pickle, dear. If you would let him know of some of the slightly less rowdy places he could stay in town, he would thank you. Uh, but again, ask... When do you wish to adventure back to Isidel Alterian? Uh, Are you planning on... We could return to the north gate tomorrow, a couple hours after sunrise. That sure. works for everyone. That'll work. It's fine. If this is agreeable, mm. then so it shall be. Very well. I look forward to meeting you again tomorrow. Hopefully, I find what I am looking for, and you will be able to find what it is you seek as well. Though... It does not sound as if it will be terribly simple, so prepare as you will. If the necromantic safeguards of his vaults have somehow frayed or corrupted or whatever it is unattended magic does given time, there may very well be a fight ahead of us. Oh, we'll as he one. says that, it's the first trace of trepidation you really hear in his voice. Hmm. Uh, it's the first time you've really heard not so much doubt as just that he really does not want to face whatever is down there. Hmm. He seemed wholly confident in his abilities and himself all the time that you've been talking so far, all the time you've spent journeying back into Breach Hill. Uh, but on that, he nods very well, raises his hand, and makes his way into town to try to find a room. So, what are the rest of you doing? Are we heading straight to the town hall? Mm -hmm. We have yep. grabbing myself a bandolier. I'm grabbing yourself a bandolier. Fair enough. You want to 
now that you have seen what adventuring is. my medical stuff what you, right at the hand. The quick access first aid kit. The, the quick access healing kit. Because, uh, I mean, all of you at this point are still bandaged up, visibly, visibly injured. None of you are, are doing poorly. None of you are in any great pain or anything. But you have been treated via a variety of simple field medicine checks. And there's a large amount of just wrappings and cloth padding around your assorted injuries from your fights with the giant bat, primarily, I think, is the one that really did anything to you guys. Um, did anything else really even hurt you? Oh, those rats. The rats. The rats. Man. Bro, how did us. I forget the rats? How did I forget the rats of <laughs> legend? The rats of legend. Oh, tore truly, a chunk of my cheek off. Truly formidable beings, these rodents. Um, but you would be able to stop by uh, any of the, the general storms, buy quarters and bits, and pick up a bandolier quite easily, uh, while everyone else made their way to the town hall. Do you, is any, is any, anything anyone else wanted to do? Just really quickly, Espes will uh, restock arrows, uh, just to make sure you can get back up to 40. Yeah, so both of you could uh, head over to quarters and bits uh, pretty quickly. Just uh, general goods. I guess Dawn Ryan will head with Comp to follow Comp out to the town hall to make sure that we get that processed. So you go along with the guard and make sure that, you know, Nothing stupid happens. <laughs> just it you know, doesn't likely don't, sense. Don't let your antagonist out of eyesight here. <laughs> you, uh, because as soon you know, you've Dolren. Uh, Derp, you're uh, mic- you're pushing the microphone down. That thing is coming loose. Yeah, don't rub the book on the microphone, yeah. please. <laughs> Uh, no, like it, it keeps on coming loose and falling over, just sitting there. If it comes loose, it's because it's being unscrewed. It is it is exclusively held in place by a variant of screws. But don't, don't rub your book on the microphone. <laughs> Try to avoid... I'm sure whatever fantastic noise just came out. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is super excited to not hear Love any you guys. more of. Anyway, uh, the two of you would be heading to Quarters and Bits. Dolren following with uh, the guard fest to the town hall to make sure nothing that made Kalmon gets processed properly and arrives intact. Uh, how about you, Buddy and Resume? Um, I'm going to go try to find uh, the counselor. Yeah. And the town hall. So you two are heading into the town hall as well. Three mm-hmm. of you. So this side of the table, town hall. This side of the table, quarters and bits briefly. Mm-hmm. Uh, bandolier and arrows are incredibly simple and requiring like, no real difficulty to find those are some of the simplest things you could be going into uh, to find. i would imagine when you walk in there's like five quivers just kind of on display yeah there's i mean a it's stack of bandoliers restocking like... arrows again it's a mostly self-sufficient town so there are a lot of hunters there are a lot of people around uh, and arrows are probably one of the more high demand items just right up there with like a lamp oil and candles and parchment is arrows to go hunting with and a bandolier also is fairly standard. It's just a strip uh, of leather with like loops in it. I mean, it's got little pockets, little pockets, little pouches and stuff that you can put all of your various bandages. If we're talking like a super simple bandolier, it's two strips of leather with loops, and you tie bags to them. That is that. Yeah, I mean, if if you wanted a bandolier that did not make anything easier, <laughs> than just, yeah. just putting all of the stuff in your bag. But it, like a super simple bandolier is extremely like, basic. Please oh. do not talk down the leather workers who work very hard to make those bandoliers. <laughs> That's why these are nicer. You monster. Regardless, Calmont <laughs> arrives at the town hall without any further problems, and uh, the guard fest takes him inside, uh, takes him to the guard captain, 
to deal with whatever it is to be dealt with there. Uh, you two entering through the town hall's main entrance, not into the uh, auditorium, into the meeting chambers we'd been before. You can see that wing of the town hall is closed off for now. It's been actually roped over to keep the doors from opening with a sign posted up that they are recovering from the damages that the, the fire had caused. That fire did a whole lot of damage <laughs> in there. I mean, you, you did a spectacular job of stopping it from spreading, but it was a pretty freaking huge well, fire. I also I mean, blew it, a hole in the wall, but, you know, <laughs> it was a fire that did a whole lot of damage. Uh, the body-shaped <laughs> hole on the other side, the back side of the town hall. That, that They're framing it. That's a door. different That cartoon Buford cutout that just smashed through the side of the wall has been kind of hastily boarded over and also similarly roped off uh, with... A sign, please use main entrance. <laughs> <laughs> Place it up, uh, it up on the outside. But you head to the front, to the main entrance, where anyone who needs anything for the town hall, where, where basic services are available, and the clerks recognizing you, and with the guards coming through with Calmont, are very eager to fetch the head counselor here. Briefly. There's a little bell there that says ring for council service. I mean, realistically, there's probably, possibly, there's probably <laughs> one clerk that sits and actually processes whatever people have some kind of needing help with deeds or, or any sort of permits for anything, or occasionally returning heroes from the call for heroes. Mm. Our and mission's done already? Well, that was... <laughs> golf clap? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but around the time that... Rur and Esphis arrived from Quarters and Bits with their resupplies. Would be around the time that they would take you into the back to the other opposite wing where the actual offices and bureaucratic chambers are located. And they would take you to Baltus Burton's actual head office. It's not particularly large, but it is fairly well furnished. He, he has an arrangement of almost overstuffed plushed chairs circled around a very square, very simple, but very well-made dark wooden desk uh, with a large bookshelf behind it on one side going around one corner of the room and just a display case on the other side with an assortment of various knickknacks, collectibles, just things he has acquired through his time. And uh, Baltus himself is standing in front of the desk uh, with his hands folded over his uh, a simple cane in front of him. You're doing good. Not sneezing in the mic. Protect Progress. Mic. We're learning. <laughs> We're doing it. Mic etiquette. And uh, he smiles as the group of you enter. I must admit, I had not expected to be hearing back from Breach Hill's newest heroes so soon. I have spoken with Councilwoman Gardania uh, about her agreements that she had made with you, and I have seen fit to approve this addendum to our original bill at yesterday's Call for Heroes, but this, this is truly impressive. So, Calmont has been returned intact, I assume, from what little I have seen and heard. Did he make it all the way up to Hell Knight Hill? Yes. yes. Sure did. He was taking those goblins hostage. He's real bad, real bad man right there. Please, uh, have a seat. I'm eager to hear the tales of how this has all come to be. 
And uh, he moves around back behind his desk and sits down and reaches in a desk drawer, pulls out a couple notepads and some various quills, and then rings a small bell on his desk. And uh, as he does, after a brief moment, the door opens, and he's, uh, and uh, a page is waiting there, and he motions for him to come inside. Uh, Vaughn, if you will, please uh, notari- be the notary for our meeting here, and keep the books for us. Uh, I would like a quick dictation of the exploits of our newest heroes uh, for the logs of the Call for Heroes events. And the boy nods. Of course. Um, Resume will uh, launch into a detailed but brief account of uh, what went on. Um, Our trip up there, what we found, um, the fact that the little stooge had clearly gotten it into his head that there was an ancient magical artifact down there that would lead him to the promised land and get him out of this is, little backwater. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's pretty much what he thought. That's yeah. <laughs> inaccurate. He was not a, not a bright man. Did not have a fully formed plan. And it was just... A list was, of potential threats to the town. It, yeah, it was literally just him getting this idea into his head and deciding that he was going to do it regardless of the consequences. And it's done now and it's over. Um, but there's still some things up there that could possibly pose a threat to the town and so we'd like to continue investigating and Ant neutralize and to the goblins and to neutralize those threats before they eventuate and uh the head counselor burton listens uh intently to all of this uh nodding along as the page varn tarvel uh sits quietly at the corner of the desk with not but the scratching of his pen as he attempts to record as as accurately as possible your description of how the events take place. Uh, Head Council Brent does not interrupt you at any point. He just lets you tell this entire story, other than just, again, the occasional nod and just expression, of course. He's showing interest, clearly, uh, but not... He doesn't ask any further questions or anything. He lets you tell your story. As it comes to a close, he nods once more. I... Uh, and to clarify, do you... So you tell him all this, this stuff about Calmont, and you tell me when to go back up there for the goblins. Do you tell him what the goblins had said about being chased out of the vaults, about the Cinder Claws, about the cultists, about the frog people? Um, She has not had any first-hand experience of any of those and cannot verify or prove any of it. So until... I've seen it myself. There's really nothing to tell. Yeah, so you're just saying it. there is still a problem. There's still, yeah. a, problem. still a problem. We don't know what and it is. There's beasts involved, but like I'm not gonna go for it. Dalren doesn't trust goblins really. Not that he doesn't trust them because they're devious or sneaky, but they are more so. Um, they're <laughs> more close. He doesn't. Think they're that, also yeah. They're just they're goblins. bad witnesses. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we want so, to verify with our own eyes before reporting anything concrete. And he uh, he nods and says, very well. This is quite expeditious. Typically our tasks for these call for heroes, uh, they take some time for adventurers or mercenaries to prepare to equip themselves to ready and to be able to pursue a case to its closure, but you in the span of, I dare say, barely more than the time it would have taken to tread to Hell Knight him and back, have returned with the arsonist in tow, have made contact with the chieftain of the Bumblebrushers, and have ensured that the tribe is still alive and well. This is far and beyond what we have come to expect. 
And you have not just my thanks, and not just the thanks of all of the town council, but of Breach Hill as well. As it sounds like whatever this problem is you still need to address up in the Citadel is worse than we may have feared. At least, I'm I'm unsure. But two things are very clear. And pulls up another small drawer at the top of his desk and he pulls up a little pouch of coins and puts on the table. And the first is that you have fulfilled the tenets of this new task that Councilwoman Gardania had, has given you, as you have brought back Kalmont alive and well, so that we may understand why and what exactly it was he was hoping to accomplish. As she had offered you ten gold, and as I said, I see I have seen fit to approve this. No concerns whatsoever. You have very well and truly earned it and uh, slides that pouch of coins across the table. And he pulls out another identical pouch and puts it up as well. And beyond that, you have fulfilled the tenets of Miss Warble's contract of the original Call for Heroes, our original bill. You have been to Hell Knight Hill. You have ensured the safety of these goblins. You have made contact, and by your account, uh, Miss Resme, you have allowed her to get back with her tribe and ensure their safety for the time being. Uh, these were the tenets of our mission here, and I see no reason that you need bother yourselves with further investigation of the Citadel. Of course, you are more than welcome to pursue these ends at your leisure, but if the goblins are alive and well enough and Miss Warble has been allowed to contact them, I consider the contract fulfilled. Hmm. Thank you. They are goblins, after all. Well, they're still there. What more could they need? Our reasons for pursuing the farther threats are more so for the safety of everyone. That is fair. And, of course, I will make no motion to stop you. You're more than capable, clearly. But, at the moment, the council and myself see no further current threat from Hell Knight Hill and see no need to invest the town's resources into these investigations. And he slides the second pouch. But this 20 gold, as we were agreed for these now two contracts, again, I hope serves as more than appropriate thanks for what you have done for the good people of Breach Hill and Isker so far. Of course. Why, thank you very much, Counselor. Now, I don't know what opportunity you may have had to speak with Kalmont or to interrogate him yourselves, but if it is of interest to you, since you have put so much effort into your own investigations and since you have been so successful and fortuitous in such a small frame of time, it may help you or lay you somewhat at ease to know that the guards did contact uh, miss, and he sorts through a couple of papers. Oh, where was this? And the page speaks up. Um, head Counselor Burton, Miss Vosloraine of the Reliant Book Company. And he nods. Yes, of course, Miss Lorraine. Uh, and she had no knowledge. She, she did not seem to be in any way involved in whatever Calmont was, uh, has done here. In fact, she was quite distraught to learn that this had been traced back to her company. I... From the way that he was speaking, it was very much of his own volition. No, he also has no family to speak of in town and no other close ties beyond that of his employer that the council could find. 
That said, this matter will be taken by the town guards, as of course this arson, this crime, will be punished and investigated uh, by our arms of the law as well as they can here in the town hall. But we thank you for your services so far. Is there anything else, heroes, that we can do for you? Anything else that uh, you may need or seek from us? Any Anything else that you feel is unfulfilled? Uh, because again, this is nothing short of a spectacular performance. <laughs> I will admit, I had my doubts for your group at your first presentation. Uh, the lack of a name, I think, really held us back. And the fact that you are more five individuals than a Are you a kidding me? Me or... and Esmus go way back. Can you see the chemistry? He kind of looks over to Esmus. Looks like buddy. Well, perhaps. But you certainly seemed a more ragtag sort than the singing spears. And we did not mean any slight by our choices, of course, and we hope none was taken. No. None at all. You have performed admirably. I am curious now about that. Uh, you know, I'm still concerned about those uh, bandits you were, they were talking about up north. You know, that's you know, as you know, that's where my uh, farm is, and uh, maybe at some point we can. Is that still getting looked at, or? I assume the singing spears have that well under control. Oh, okay. They still went out there. They have. Uh, they are still under this investigation. I believe they had left this morning, actually, to begin in earnest and see what they could track down and find this but that is a matter that the town council will deal with you need not concern yourselves with that i uh, was just making sure that makes it get, takes a load off buford it was i do understand that your land is also on the northern end of town and i assure you we will do our best to make sure you are safe it's appreciated i know this town does it does its best and i've i've never had a worry if these bandits were to push further into the town itself, that would bring it within the jurisdiction of the town guard, and the full weight of our resources would be dispatched to address the problem then. For now, though, we've no reason to believe these bandits have operated anywhere closer than uh, several miles out from the town itself and from the outlying farms. Then um, we will uh, attend to our business, and should it become more obvious that the town has an immediate concern uh, in the area, we shall bring it to you and go from there. Of course. Uh, now, uh, with that, I believe our business here is concluded. Again, thank you, all of you, very much for your services to the town of Bridgehill. Indeed. It will not be forgotten. Uh, Tip in your hat like I, you have a cowboy hat. Turns it was more of like a salute thing, uh, but yeah. Turns over to the page. Uh, Vaughn, ensure their names are taken properly for the uh, for the record of heroes to be uh, updated. Oh, and poor guy's going to have so much elven, he's going to have to write that. <laughs> yeah. Dobbs, of course. And then uh, the page stands up and motions towards the office. Uh, after you then, heroes. Uh, it's G-A-L. <laughs> She'll start spelling really slowly. Well, he'll, he'll take you out of the office and yeah. just uh, up into one of the closer chambers to the, to the front entrance, one of, uh, of just a, a simple scribing room, and you will attempt to walk this poor boy through some incredibly elven names. I'm sure he'll be happy when it comes to my turn. And then, rrr. Yep. <laughs> And, uh, but after that, with your coin in hand, they would release you from the town hall Perfect. back out into Breach Hill. So it comes out to four Four piece. gold each, yeah. Four gold apiece. 20 gold for the group of you. 20 total? 
I thought it was 10 and then 20. 10 and 10. 10, 10, and, 10. 10 and 10. Yeah, okay. 20 total. There's two, there's two payments of 10 gold uh, to get you each of those. So okay. now as the afternoon moves on, you've probably got a couple hours of daylight here in town. Uh, you've all got places that you live. You've all got places to retire to. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've also got some things Forefront among uh, among them is a runestone, mm. a uh, potency runestone, a simple potency. I think it's a lesser potency runestone, is what mm-hmm. it's called. So this thing, I have no idea where my CRB went, uh, but this thing, normally crafting, thank you. I'm going to look at this real quick because, again, this is the first time. Oh, yes, this is the one with the bazillion tabs. Yeah. I like this one. <laughs> I like you, tabbed one. Tabbed one <laughs> makes me happy. So start preening. What? <laughs> you do good work. I appreciate you. <laughs> so, crafting in second edition works in a way that is a lot different from first edition because they really largely tried to simplify things. I think we covered it. I don't remember if it was during a session or outside of a session very briefly before. Uh, but installing runes works a bit differently uh, because the the core point of a rune stone is to be very simple and very quick to do. Normally crafting anything, no matter what it is, just takes four days. Hmm. Uh, and a lot of things like consumables like potions or bombs are just crafted in a batch. You don't craft them individually. They have a number that that four days produces for you. But a runestone... I will double check this. We're going to be looking up more rules. You're just trying to glue it to a weapon. Pretty much. Make it stick. We're going to be looking up uh, more rules than usual. <laughs> in the beginning of this campaign here, uh, friends that are watching or listening, because it is a brand new edition and because we might as well get it correct initially. And as we move further forward, obviously we will learn more and more of the second edition system here. So a runestone. Um, this thing. Once oh, you put it in the sword, are they rune mates? Ha-ha. <sighs> Don't encourage her. They were rune mates. No, they're runies. Yo. Five, eight, eight. The etching process. Here we go. <laughs> That's the same process using the craft activity. You have the rune. We do. You have the rune stone. We do. We do. Where is it? I am almost positive that I, I may be wrong. I was almost positive there was a thing in here. Ah, here it is. It's transferring. Okay. takes one day instead of the four days normally they need to craft to transfer a rune or swap a pair of runes. So I'm going to assume that that one day... You know, it is still transferring. Yeah, this is categorically transferring. You're transferring it from the rune stone. So you're going to end up with just a blank square stone. Huh. You're transferring the rune itself onto the sword. Oh, that's interesting. So, so it would take... It is a one-day downtime activity. So, thank you for this. I seriously, I don't know where my wife must be in the room. So you're saying that runes work like those old water tattoos? Probably more <laughs> complicated and magical than that, but yeah, basically, more nice. or less. Uh, so maybe we should stay a day so that we can actually put the rune on somebody's weapon. That is a thing that you you can do, and you can meet with Tyrannus tomorrow morning, and you can spend a day of downtime if you want to inscribe the rune or you said you didn't want to leave until 
a couple hours after sunrise and you still have a decent amount of day left. I would say between those two chunks of time, you have the eight hours for a downtime activity to make a craft check to try and apply the runes to sure. one of your weapons. I would, I would, for the sake of simplicity, be perfectly fine letting you do that. It's okay. not like there's any actual like major time pressure or anything right now. You're just kind of heading out to go continue investigating. So who wants to do that? It is a craft check. Um, I have craft. And I want to try. Who, uh, where is it going, I suppose? Is that pole arm? We could do that, yes. So it is not a plus one striking rune. It is just a plus one rune. So it will just make your weapon count as magical and add one to the attack roll. It does not double the damage dice because that is a separate rune. Striking is another thing. But it makes it so you can add other things. But it makes it so you can add other things. Yeah, the I two, think that'd be good for The two fundamental weapon runes are potency and striking. Striking is also a fundamental rune. And but you have to get plus one, and then you can get striking. And to clarify, this plus one from the potency rune, is that an item bonus or a status bonus? It is an item bonus. It's an item bonus. It is a plus one item bonus. Good question. So this is not a secret check of any sort. So uh, Dalren, if you wanted to try to apply it to Yuki's arm That'd be great. overnight, you could spend uh, most of the, a lot of the rest of the afternoon and then the morning making sure that this is properly applied and activated, and you can give me a craft check. Cool. So before I get too caught up in that, um, I'll make sure you have the claw amulet and that orange potion that we haven't identified yet. Oh, I, you I can do. Also, um, just, I'll, I'll do some identified things, too. Yeah. And now that I have quick identification. Oh, nice. Ooh, nice. Uh, so 18 on the die plus 6 is a total of 24. Yeah, you will. it's fairly simple for you to do. Uh, though you don't have the ability to craft magical items or anything, you would not be able to make a runestone. Trans a rune stone is an item that is specifically developed to be easy to move a rune onto a weapon from, and you have no difficulty doing so. And I'm going to keep the blank rune stone because I feel like that might be useful in case yep. we find some runes somewhere else that we need to. Yep, you are left with a blank rune stone. So yeah, you, you have a blank rune stone, and you now have a plus one piece arm. Do we still want to get a ladder for the goblins? <laughs> I mean, that is to purchase a ladder. That way we can take back that climbing kit. Well, I mean, it's just, we're just missing a few pythons. We're not actually, like, missing the whole climbing kit. So we just... It would be safer for them not to climb like that, though. Yes, it would be. It would be, be nice if we brought them a ladder. I'll, They'd probably appreciate it. I'll, I'll grab them not. a ladder. They're, they're goblins. If you would like to go buy a ladder, you're more like than welcome to. I would like to go buy a ladder. You have, you have coin the and you The struggle is me taking the ladder <laughs> up the mountain. I, I'm a pretty hefty guy. I'd carry it for you. <laughs> I will go buy a ladder, then. Even a rope ladder will work. You actually want to go buy a ladder for the goblins? For the yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> that, uh, or even have someone make one. Yeah, I'm trying to think because to get up to the staircase, to get up to where they would need it, you would probably need at least like a ten foot ladder. So I'm I don't know like three silver. It's not it's not gonna be a super expensive object, but it is a, it is a decently sizable ladder. Three silver sounds reasonable to me. All right. Okie dokie. We now have a 15-foot ladder. And I guess I'll try to identify uh, what the potion and the uh, amulet are. And it, it'll just take me a minute apiece. Okay. So. Yeah, and I'll get the, uh, the rolls for that in a, a sec here. So I'm going to need the book again because I don't remember <laughs> <laughs> what the claw does. I know what it is. I don't remember off the top of my head exactly what it does. Fun fact, though, it was on exactly the same page as the runestone, so I'm just going back to the same page again. Does it let me eagle scream for free? Um... Probably doesn't do that. So you attempt to identify the claw. What's your uh, bonus for Arcana? Uh, plus five. 
with a plus five. You actually aren't sure. Uh, you you are positive it's a talisman. Uh, it seems to be a weapon talisman, but you actually aren't positive what exactly it does. Okay. Um, and then for the elixir, I definitely succeed on that one. Elixirs, 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 elixirs. One of the biggest downsides of running a table game is there are so many items I can't possibly have all of them written down. And then I I don't have like archives of Nethys. Yeah. I have a book and I have to flip a bunch. But let me find it real quick. And I can and try and to identify that uh, talisman next. That elixir you had is a lesser cheetah's elixir. And it does largely exactly what it sounds like it does. It will make you faster. If you consume this, you will get a plus five foot status bonus to your speed for one minute. Uh, okay. Uh, well, I have no need of this. Uh, I have magics that do something better. Uh, so um, this might be a... Love that fleet foot. It, it might be good for somebody else to have, though. You know, somebody who relies on uh, range and dexterity mm. to outwit and outmaneuver their opponents, and, perhaps. And stay 30 feet away from their Yes. Yeah. This, this might be good. <laughs> While I appreciate the want to gift, perhaps also someone who may not be as fast as others could use it to either you get out of trouble small. or keep pace. <laughs> I am plenty capable of keeping up with non-elven individuals. <laughs> the spindly legs make you faster. It's not my fault. So yeah, the halfling's gonna take the bottle yeah. here. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you should use this. It'll oh. be good. I'll we'll drink two joints. You get your tiny yeah. little. <laughs> <laughs> They're like goats. Yeah. <laughs> so and, uh, uh, I'll try and identify yeah, that. Yeah, that, that next morning when you all meet together before you head out to meet with the lock, uh, that would be. What is this? this is a moon day now. Moon day morning. Still cold. Fortunately, still fairly clear outside. You would meet up, and Resme would tell you that she had not figured out what that clot did. What is your religion? Eight. Uh, with a plus eight, you would be able to identify it. Fortunately, this is not going to be a mystery forever. This object... Level 20 is still trying to figure out what the talisman is. <laughs> you just nab one every single time. <laughs> it may, well, it's cursed. I feel like there'd be a certain point where it'd become almost impossible to get a regular failure, because the nat one is a critical failure and you identify it just wrong. Because you have to get a regular failure. You can't like, you can't just nat one your way to 20 not knowing what it is. At some point you're gonna screw, uh, nat one screws it up and you're just wrong. Uh, but this here is, it's interesting. It's, so, it's an owlbear claw. It's an enchanted owlbear claw. And when envisioned, when activated, it will give you your weapon's critical specialization effect. Which means, although it is a talisman, and it's only going to activate for... It's actually a... Oh, no, you, it actually does trigger when you crit. Okay, it's not like the potency crystal at the beginning of your turn. When you, You're like, this yeah, turn, I'm going to crit. Yeah, I didn't I didn't <laughs> notice that before. I didn't notice it had a different trigger. So I was thinking, I was like, I guess turn it on and hope you crit somebody. But no, it actually does activate when you critically hit. Hmm. So then you can choose to activate the claw and gain your critical specialization effect. Interesting. I do not know what that is for most of your weapons. I don't, know. So, I don't either. <laughs> no idea. I, perhaps I like during the break, fire. we will investigate critical specialization effects of weapons. Mm. Uh, because I forgot you had that as an unidentified thing. And Matter of fact, I once can... It is once. Is it? Yeah, okay. but it's a talisman. I'll go on ahead and pull that up in the book. 
just yeah, so we it is, have it for later. It, it is a one-use thing. So uh, whoever... I also found out one of the things we messed up, because it's a new edition, we're going to mess up some rules a little bit. But fixing a talisman actually does take like 10 minutes. It's not just tie it onto uh, your thing. You have to tie it on and attune it. So it does take a decent amount of time. So whoever's weapon... If you want to put that on somebody's weapon, that would be something you'd probably be doing before you head it out. Sure. Because it will take you a lot of time to do it then. So who wants the Owlberry Claw Talisman? I don't know what my other word could... Uh, you're probably more likely. Nobody knows what the yeah. specialization is, so... Don't worry about it. We'll get there. Um, we'll give it to Buddy. You you have a hammer, right? Your light hammer? I'm almost positive the light hammer is it knocks him back five feet. I'm almost positive hammers is, and maces is yeah, knocks him back Yeah, because it's by weapon feet. group, right? Yeah, it's by weapon so group. So if I crit a shove, will it go back ten feet? A shove is not an attack. Oh, but it's treated as an attack, isn't it? It has the attack. It has the attack trait. So it oh. makes you get your multiple attack penalty. So but this you is, can, you can do it. This is no you, have to, you have to critically anyways. attack. I have absolutely no idea what a bows is, but we can look, we can investigate that. Bows pin people. Bows pin people? Yes. Oh, you've got if, to have no, that. Yes, if you crit, do it. If you crit someone with a longbow when they're near a wall, they're stuck there till they take an athletic check to pry it loose based on your class DC. That is amazing. Yes, I know that off, off the top of my head. Book. Give me the roll book. <laughs> <laughs> Give me this. That's amazing. Give me this. <laughs> Hold on. That has to be investigated. <laughs> that is absolute shenanigans. Yeah, bows, bows are hilarious. Man, these feces torture. Critical specialization of bows. Oh, now we... <laughs> what? Now we, we have to, yeah, for sure find this out. Critical specialization effects. Bow. If the target of the critical hits adjacent to a surface, it gets stuck to the surface by the arrow. It is a, not a class DC. It's a flat DC flat 10 DC. athletics check. Oh okay. So it is a... They have to do an interact action, so they have to spend an action to pull out the arrow, and it doesn't work if they're like a water elemental or something that couldn't reasonably be pinned. I'm glad they had to write that, I, that which, <laughs> sounds, which sounds sarcastic, but I actually am glad that second edition does put all of these edge cases in here. No, you cannot pin a freaking ooze <laughs> with an arrow. It's just going to ooze but, around. But, but, but why not? So, buddy, you use a light hammer, right? Mm -hmm. You have a war hammer, too. I have a war hammer, also. Those are both hammers. The whip is a flail. Hammer's actually knocked prone. So if you critically oh. succeed attacking somebody with a hammer or you the uh, line the war hammer, <laughs> you knock them over. Um, same for flail. Uh, literally all of your weapons are knocked prone. I mean, that is why I took them, so. Uh, I actually, and I had it backwards. It's the pole arm that shoves them. Ah. So if you crit with your geese arm and you have your critical specialization, you can shove them five feet. Okay. Oh. So you can okay. push them into the reachy part. <laughs> yep. I was going to do it on break, but then we got distracted by how ridiculous the, uh, <laughs> the bow critical specialization effect is. Which, to be fair, I'm thinking it's ridiculous in the context of first edition, where it's like, you've spared a standard action to pull on. Like, well, okay, you lose your turn. Or even if it was a move action. But it's one action. It's much more reasonable but with the three-action system. They do have to roll. They could fail an athletics check. But they, they also could... have to be next to a wall. On a surface. You can pin them to the floor. Yeah, surface, oh, yeah. surface. You can shoot them oh. to the foot. Yeah, just basically they can't be like flying or swimming. Gotcha. They have to be okay. on the ground or near a wall. And you never or know. Or on the ceiling. Hypothetically, you could pin them to the ceiling. Uh, anyway. Crazy bird creature up there. Spiders. <gasps> Critical specialization Bats. effects. Bats are a very common thing, apparently. Critical specialization effects are a fun time. I love them. So are you putting the Albert Talisman on anybody's weapons? 
gotta put it on the bow. Gotta put it on the bow. It'd be awesome. Esfis will attune. We'll put on and attune the owlbear claw. You want to stick somebody to the floor? I love it. If he crits, the person's probably dying anyways. But the thought is there. Well, actually, you can choose to activate it, right? Because you don't, because the, the bow doesn't have flat bonuses to damage, it's actually more likely that the person will survive, and thus the stuck effect. Well, will he has matter. deadly. I have deadly. For oh the long bow. yeah, yeah. The, do. the deadly does kind of make That's up for true. the fact that there's no static bonus; it's multiplied. So he just drops an additional d10 on there when he critically hits. That's true. It would probably be better on Buddy's hammer then, because having two people being able to knock someone flat on their butt would be really really helpful. I can knock them over anyways. Yeah. I mean, I can just do tripped. Yeah. Well, that's what I mean out. though, is is just having having something extra to it. It isn't yeah. it's just an advantage because yeah, you have your whip and everything to trip people. That's why you brought that. But if you're in a situation where like things are getting dicey and you really need to like pull out the hammer and just go to town and yeah. you get a crit, you can also just knock them down for free. There's no yeah. check. They just are prone now. So uh, okay. it's it's good either way. I I I would be I would feel better giving it to right. you for the for that. Sure, I will take it. So Buddy will affix this weird magical claw thing to one of his assorted mallets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not sure which mallet. His mallet sword. His tenderizer. His flat. His flat, his sword. flat sword. His flat sword. That's what we're gonna call it from now on. And uh, the group the big of flat you, sword or the small flat sword. The group of you gathered together the next day and head up to the northern gate to meet with Tyrannus. Tyrannus is waiting there, as expected. He just slept there. Unclear on a, how long he has been there, but he, he does not look like, I mean, he does not look slept like he slept there. He looks very well-kept and, and groomed. Like he made night. his way down to a tavern that wasn't awful <laughs> and slept in probably Wizard's Grace or something. Somewhere a little bit nicer where he actually had the opportunity to take care of himself and remain presentable. You know, stand up for the you know, order of the nail and all that. Be a hell knight, exactly. And he's waiting just outside on the road, leaning against the tree. As he sees the group of you coming out through the northern gates, uh, he just sort of gestures to the road around him. Is Sal still there? It is not. Huh. Thank God. We're ready. <laughs> what? What happened to the salesman? Oh, he probably made bank around here. I mean, he seemed like a real knowledgeable guy, and he's got a real good sales pitch. It's most likely he found a place to go for the evening, and we'll be seeing him again With when we return. Wagon? Yeah? It probably folds up in his pocket. He probably doesn't want to leave it out here either. Is that as fair as the There were talk but... of bandits to the north, and this is the north gate. There seem to be few places in your humble town where you could hitch a wagon and I imagine it would have been simple to see plainly visible oh but... no what if he's trying to sell stuff to the goblins oh <laughs> do you think he has made his way up the hill it's doubtful possible but doubtful but, I have a headache now just thinking but, about but it but look at this it, it is actually quite interesting and he walks over to where the wagon had been perched previously and just kind of gestures at the ground. It is a mod. No tracks, no trails, no hoofprints. As if he was never even here. He could just be a figment of all of our imaginations. What if he was just a fever dream? 
Well, the runestone isn't a fever dream, so... But we don't know that yet. We haven't tried it. Can Esfus uh, do, like, a survival yeah, check? Yeah, survival check. I guess, can we all just... <laughs> I think it's probably a bunch of survival checks. Throw some dice to the gym. Probably some survival checks. That's cocked. 16. That's 19. Uh, 9 on the die, plus 8, 17. Um, none of you see any sign of a wagon oh having boy. come through here in the recent past. I mean, there are some amount of hoof prints just because there is some little travel on this road, but most of them look fairly aged. It doesn't look like a horse has been through here in days at best. I'm telling you, I don't like him. There was something off about him. It is interesting, to be sure. Well, he I guess... like a real cool dude to me. I'm, I'm, uh... He's, he may be one of those more powerful than than you know kind of and kind of folks, and you uh, meet them down the road, and you'll you'll be glad you met him. Well, he did mention that uh, he went to Absalom with his wagon, um, which is an island in the middle of the inner <gasps> sea. So that was something curious when I heard him mention. I that. had heard that there are barges, of course, there are ships and ferries, but. Now I can't help but wonder. Mm. He didn't exactly sound like he used someone else's services to get there. I'm telling you, he folded the wagon up and put it in his pocket. And the horses. Yep, them too. Real craftsmanship right there. I have no idea what to make of this. Honestly, the reason I gave him the time of day, or half the reason at least, was because to look at that fascinating wagon. It was rather interesting. It is... Not impossible, I suppose, that he is not exactly what he appears to be. You think? Well, he appears to be incredibly suspicious. (laughs) On that, we can agree. Uh, Whatever happened then, are you prepared? Yes, indeed. Uh, We should probably stop by the Citadel first, and the goblins can tell us where the sally port is, or the the passage. Uh, Of course, we need to know where we are going. Uh, We need to know how to access these vaults, and... I suppose there is no harm in making sure that your newfound friends are still unharmed. Mm. As I am sure you care very much about Zivrovi. I certainly do. It was our... Do you want help carrying one into that? I definitely would have uh, just kind of been sitting there holding on to it, looking over at Buddy. <laughs> yeah, I'll get that for you. That's no problem. <laughs> they, uh, they might have needed this, so I figure I'll just, just take that's, this, please. It's awful nice of you. <laughs> <laughs> you got the halfling <laughs> carrying a whole freaking ten-foot ladder. So, Buddy tucks the ladder under his arm, and the group you head back out through the brisk morning cold up to Citadel Altarian. Again, it's quite a walk. It takes some time because you have to loop around the backside of the bluff. It is a, a decent journey. And as you walk, as morning progresses here, you start to feel a lot more fatigued, a lot more tired than the walk it made you yesterday. I mean, admittedly, hiking out to a castle and battling a bunch of demons spawn and giant animals and just rats in general. And... Tiring day. Yeah, everything that you've been doing, it's probably a lot more effort than most of you usually put in physically. But, Buddy and Ruhr, you feel particularly bad. Uh, as a matter of fact, you are both actually sickened one. Hmm. Let me give you... Here's this. Here's this. Are you sure you didn't get something on this ladder? 
ladder seems awful. Uh, I feel I feel you know, much right worse. There, you look a little ooh, find the ladder a little. <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I'm not feeling too good, but yeah, Rory, you look really pale. Are you okay? Perhaps something about eating that creature we had last night wasn't well prepared. That must be it. You know, my wife cooks a lot of things, but I don't know if she's ever cooked lizard. I thought the rest of the lizard was pretty good. Thanks. So, it's not terribly incapacitating. I mean, it's debilitating. You know, you don't feel great. But by the time you actually reach Citadel Altarian and are back up on the hill at the gates, the two of you have gone from feeling a little more tired, a little more fatigued, to actually utterly sickened. Your throats feel completely hoarse and raw. Uh, the, you're coughing fairly irregularly, and you can feel all of your sinuses somehow both hardening up and just running freely simultaneously. Uh, the two of you clearly have caught some sort of inf- infection hmm. from your previous adventures. Based Everyone on else, my own, for now, appears to be fine. Based on my own feeling and looking at Buddy, can I try and identify what's wrong? Uh, you can make me a medicine check. Cleric healer man, because that this would be my absolutely job. reasonable. That's a natural 20 for a 28. Hey. Oh. Well, uh, the critical success like that, I would say it's not a stretch to imagine that based on what had happened yesterday with you fighting all sorts of oversized vermin and goblinoid vermin, and the symptoms that the two of you are showing, it's fairly evident that you've got filth fever. The bane of level one to three adventurers everywhere. <laughs> Ye olden filth fever. Hmm. Now this is a good time to talk about diseases in second edition because this is also a fairly largely changed thing. And they are no longer, well, they, in some ways they are, in some ways they aren't kind of just reflavored poisons. Uh, second edition diseases, have to progress and onset. And I guess technically they did in first edition, but I have never run an adventure in first edition where a thing gave you a disease that had an onset of longer than like 10 minutes. <laughs> it was just, it bites you and now you have debilitating sickness because generally it's like a combat feature. But you actually do have an onset. It has taken you a day to start showing symptoms and start actually getting sick. But it will continue to progress and you can overcome it naturally you will just get more saving throws as days progress but untreated it can also become more severe uh, i think with this system if anyone's familiar with pathfinder one's unchained diseases i believe it was i think it was unchained diseases it is a lot more of a realistic sickness progression mm. it's not just like you are you failed save you are m stats now until you have passed uh, two consecutive saves or whatever, and now stats are am gone. It will actually get worse. Hmm. Or can get worse. You can also just overcome it tomorrow and largely be fine. Don't we have some sort of... Didn't we get something? You do have... We do have an anti-plague. Anti-plague. Have an anti-plague potion. We are not actually able to ingest anything. At you, all. Yeah, you are... Including you are, potions. You are sickened. Yeah, maybe you, maybe you should wait or see if you could now you can up you can with sickened. You can still do the retching thing to re, to quell the sickened condition. Uh, that's just as you arrive at Citadel Altarian, you're sickened one. You can wait outside for a bit. You can go... Well, be sickened one in the corner somewhere and overcome that. <laughs> mm-hmm. You're not, like, locked at sickened one. 
that's be just pretty strong. The start. Yeah. So, the good news is you have no immediate time crunch. You're not being attacked by anything. You can hand me those cards back because you can take some time to just kind of rest a bit after your march and reduce yourself to second zero. But if you do get like that, that's for now. Could very later, well come back later. Yeah, later stages of the, of the sickness may be harder to shake off. Can we try the antidote on them now that they can swallow something? Or the anti-plague. The anti-plague. Yes, and uh, I am going to need to either... I'm going to just pivot and Google search Pathfinder 2 anti-plague real quick because I have no idea what it does in second Um, So I guess maybe we should keep an eye um, on each other. Uh, it seems like all of these things spread disease. I guess it's not really a surprise. They're filthy vermin. Um, it was quite the disgusting day yesterday in the grand scheme of things. It's no surprise that there's some sickness going around. Perhaps elves are immune to this particular ailment? I would definitely say no. You're, hmm. you're not immune. You were just lucky. Well, currently you have three non-sick elves and two sick non-elves. So I, mean, <laughs> I, I, think with, 20, I think with a hard 20 on a filth fever. You mean no filth fever. Yeah, you did. You did <laughs> crits too. Elves are probably not inherently immune. Although with how sicknesses work, there are like different strains of things that affect different people, uh, even just individual people differently. It's possible this immune is some to sort this of weird strain. strain. But uh, the anti-plague would help. Uh, it, it is basically taking medicine to treat it. What an anti-plague is going to do mechanically is when the next fortitude save comes around, you're going to get a plus two item bonus. It's not going to cure you. It is just treating the sickness. It will help. Um, and, and what would just so a medicine be... check do? Nothing. Okay. So if you just took one of them, would be able to, can, can we give it to both of them, or we have to just pick one? Yeah, if you've got, I think you got one. We only have, we one, only have yeah. one. So yeah, you basically have one dose. So okay. one of them, you don't have to worry about when you take it. It's the next time you take a save against the disease, you have a plus two. Okay. It's actually, you have a plus two to all saves against diseases for 24 hours. So like, if you hypothetically get more diseases, <laughs> we'll help you with that, Dale. I'm a stout fella. You can always give it to that boy, uh, <laughs> man over there. Wow. Would be, take care of yourself. Would be appreciated. <laughs> I feel Aww. like not very good. You don't look very good either. And uh, Tyrannus shakes his head. It is not surprising, I suppose, with the Filton's vermin that have taken over Citadel Altarian. I'm sure we'll encounter more. I guess we'll go try to speak to the goblins. Very well. After you. I suppose we should announce ourselves. Uh, just done Shout. So yeah, he's, he's outside the fortress and he's just gonna scream up over the walls. Yeah, wh- hey. we're here! <laughs> Warble, Helba? I bet. And you don't immediately hear any response. Uh-huh. The front door, notably, if you had not like taken an effort to come back and close it, would still be hanging open exactly how you left it. That would explain how everything keeps getting inside. Uh, let's just go in and look for them. Doesn't matter if we close the door anywhere. There's holes like three all over holes the place. In the That's true. You have found at least several collapsed <laughs> walls that just lead easily inside. I'm thinking the door is kind of a moot point. Mm-hmm. So you make your way back inside, and uh, again, all of the doors where you had journeyed. Um, to the northern wing of the castle are still open. And the southern doors, where Tyrannus had been, he had closed behind him. So... Like a gentleman. If you had attempted to circle literally all the way around the keep back to the door, Tyrannus would just motion to the other door and you would go around the south (laughs) side. 
uh, through there much more quickly and arrive at the large iron keep gate to the inner courtyard, which while closed is not locked or anything and you can easily get in there. As you open the door, uh, you can see the goblins just kind of around, scattered throughout the courtyard. Uh, there is a pool of festering liquid over on the west side of the keep, which hadn't really been a problem before and isn't a problem now, but many of the goblins are playing in it like it's a swimming pool. Uh, a lot of them are just passed out in random corners or just in the middle of broad daylight in the center of the courtyard. Uh, some of them you can see peering down from on the battlements. Ah, uh, our, our, our doughty allies. You have chosen your friends well. Clearly, they are reliable. <laughs> uh, I'll try to hail the, uh, the Alba. And uh, Jill would be somewhere low in the courtyard with Warble. And as they both see you come in, uh, the Helba would look and have a big smile and wave very excitedly while Warble would just scoot over towards the group of you. And uh, as she approaches, Ah, yes, friends, the heroes from the call for heroes from Breacho. They've done everything. Everything has worked out as, uh, as you had told us. Your plan was spectacular. We closed the door and nothing bad happened. Good. Um, so, uh, and I'll switch into Goblin. Um, your uh, Helba had promised to show us where the door was uh, to the, uh, the vault so that we could try to see what was going on down there. Oh. Oh, I, uh, so I have uh, been in, in, informed of what's, what's happening here by the, the Helba overnight. It told me the details of the cultist invasion, the Cinderclaws, and the various forces they've mustered in the vaults below, because you're speaking Goblin. Uh, this sounds like it'll be dangerous. They're an organized force. They, they came up in mass. They had animals. They controlled the dragon dogs that had come in through the courtyard previously. I'll be translating for them so they can understand what she's saying. Yeah, because again, she's much more fluent in Goblin than she's mm -hmm. in Goblin. Uh, they had full control of these and other monsters at the command. Beyond that, we don't know what to expect. We don't know how many there are. We don't even know where they've came from. But they haven't threatened us further. They chased us out, but when their dragon dogs rose up to chase uh, the Helba and the rest of the Bumblebrashers in the courtyard, and she gestures over to the north side with the collapsed wall, is they were too large. They tried to climb up to the battlements and brought the wall down. The main staircase is collapsed. They may just be stuck down there if they don't know about the other way. It's hidden from both sides. Hmm. Well, it would be best if we were shown the way so we could flush them out. Obviously, speaking through. Yeah, just, I mean, she understands common, so like you don't yeah, have the, to translate translation. common to her. But like, yeah, I mean, she uh, resume is translating everything yeah. that uh, Warble says to you. Uh, but as you say that, she would not. Yes, um, the Bumblebrashers and myself would be very happy if the heroes could continue to help us. But we have little help we can provide. The cinder claws were big and mean and stabby and bitey. We couldn't fight them. They couldn't fight them. That's okay. That's uh, that's what heroes do. We help those who can't help themselves. And uh, at this point, Helba comes over. Also just interested in what's going on here and wanting to come greet the heroes again. And during the last bit of this conversation, as, she, as uh, Chell approaches, uh, she continues... Well, they are noble heroes. They can fight Cinderclaws. They killed the dragon dog. The other dragon dog just died to a wall. 
but they killed that one with the sword, with the swords and the bows and the weapons and the fighting. Better and vocabulary I'm... than Sal. And they just kind of look at each other. They don't know what Sal. What does Sal mean? Just someone we we ran into yesterday. Oh, it's a name. Yes. You have more friends. You you have so many friends. Heroes have lots of friends. And uh, she motions to Tyrannus as they as he's standing there. Uh, once he'd entered the Citadel, he would be walking, using his halberd almost just kind of as a walking stick, but having it out just in case from, you know, everything that all of you had experienced yesterday here. Right. He's just kind of leaning on it. Yes. Very many friends indeed. <laughs> well, we would be very grateful if you could show us where the secret entrance was. Of course. And, uh, Jill turns to Warble and just blurts something really fast in, in, in Goblet. It, it just seems to be a uh, like a farewell thing between the Bumble Brashers. It doesn't, there seems Nonsense. to be no real meaning behind it uh, before tottering off back out through the front door of the Citadel. And she leads you out around through the muck and the ruin around the outside of the castle itself to the back to where the, the higher bluff raises behind it. Mm -hmm. And up towards it to just nothing a random break of stone in the tree line and shell stops there and just points and that's it and that's the door they hit it in the mountain hmm. clever how, how do we get through the door can i see it well maybe you perception check while we're doing that i'm assuming we left the ladder for the goblins so we're not I assume we left the ladder for the okay. goblins yes 26 <laughs> We, right both, we both rolled one. Can I see it? One. No. Yeah. Don't run like... and Buford is looking I'm at sorry. the bluff like... <laughs> was that a one? No. Okay. Why are we trusting goblins? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I got but, a 26. Uh, but having it pointed out to you, uh, Roar at least, you would be able to see. It is very spectacularly concealed among the rough stone here. Uh, they used a lot of the natural embankment to hide the thing, and it looks like it hasn't been used in quite some time. So it even has a layer of actual rubble and dirt on the outside of it, obscuring any kind of an outline or a frame. But there is certainly a door there. Just gonna look over at the two of you staring at rocks and boulders and stuff, just like that. They're looking like three feet to the side of yeah, the thing. Just like... <laughs> it's, it's this. Tink, tink. This is the door. Hmm. And uh, she all kind of scoots up and brushes away some of the rubble and the stone and then feels around the side of the thing a little bit uh, before you see just a section of this cliffside give way and swing inward with a mighty creak. Huh. And, uh, I love secret doors. I know it's childish, but they're just... <sighs> enjoyable. Sorry. They just are. Well, hmm. i not really sure why it's here. But it works out now because the regular stairs fell apart when the dragon drug tried to climb them. But the the under levels, the the the, the basements, the basements of the big castle, they're large, large and well, they they were our home, but we didn't live in in all of them. We only lived in in the one side. There was there was too much for the whole Bumble Basher tribe. It's very large. Mm. Again, just like saying large repeatedly, doesn't seem to be getting it across. Just gestures with her hands 
encapsulating, realistically, not a very large area because she's a goblin and has tiny goblin arms, but doing her <laughs> best to uh, gesture and indicate a large area with her tiny goblin arms. Well, we'll go explore it and we'll see what we can find. Can Thank you. Can we figure out how the door works? It might be a good idea to close it behind us so that um, in case any of the cultists slip by as they don't escape. And uh, I mean, it does seem to be a fairly simple door once you know where it is. Okay. Uh, it's on hinges and has a simple latch. Uh, there is a place, it's just a kind of a weakness near the latch and the door where it's soft rather than an actual like independent lever or latch that you would grab onto. Pushing it in allows you to push into the structure of the latch inside the door itself and release it a bit. So as long as you know where it is and where to push on it, it is mostly a standard door. Okay. Uh, the inside of the door, however, is just very visible and a very simple frame where you can just pull the latch and swing it inward. Great. The inside's a door. The inside's a door. It's not meant to be hidden from, you know, the people who are <laughs> coming your... up from the escape tunnel. <laughs> this is your typical uh, secret door. This side, hidden, mysterious door. Mm-hmm. Ye olden standard. But behind it, a set of fairly rough stone stairs just descends down into darkness. And you can see as far as the morning sunlight pierces down there. And since this is set in the western bluff face and it's, it's morning, it's pretty far. But with the massive bulk of the Citadel on the way, the sun's not shutting down there directly. And it gets dark relatively quickly. Um, so, before guess... we descend these steps here into the vaults, I feel like this is a perfectly good place for us to take our quick midstream break here. Mm-hmm. So, everyone here in the Twitch chat. Welcome back, everybody. We left off. Chial, the Helba of the Bubble Brashers, had shown us the entrance to Citadel Altarian's vaults, the stairway descending down into stale air and darkness. And now, as we return, we're getting ready to descend into those depths to see what exactly has chased the bubble brashers out from their home what these cinder claws are and added bonus now with our new ally tyrannus who fortunately thanks to esbis over here we've got a pretty neat 3d printed uh, model of the future is cool there's like 3D printers and you can make things that are interesting and unfortunately he's not quite painted yet but it's okay because he's he get, he's as much a member of the team as anybody else. So he gets a miniature that gets to sit on the table and hang out with everybody else. And look awesome. And look awesome and be cool. And uh, What do we do? We left off immediately at the top of the stairs. Like, I get the feeling that there might be something in front of Buddy, like a door perhaps. Well, we haven't actually got down yet. This oh, is okay. a, I just moved set that all up for convenience sake. So of course, casting light, getting ready to go down into a, a deep, dark cave. Pretty yeah. spooky. Okay. Roar's got his divine magic. He illuminates himself. I'll cast it on Dalren. Um, so my glove's glowing now. I'm going to... You know, be real sneaky here with my shield up, because I'm going to have my shield up, but I'm going to be real sneaky and go like, clunk. Like, every step, literally, I'm here, I'm trying to be super sneaky and just like, just metal clangs together with basically everything. Taking those big, wide cowboy yeah. steps. So, really so Buford is super ready. Trying to be Buford, all sneaky. <laughs> super ready, just clunk, clunk, yelp. Clockle with his breastplates and his And I'm like trying real But he is, he is all kinds of ready. He just, 
Immediately, doors open. Okay, shield up. Down the stairs we go. Steps yep. inside while they're still casting preparatory spells up here. Buford gets about four steps down before he realizes nobody's immediately following him, and the darkness is now becoming less dark. <laughs> but uh, anyone else? Anything? Um, rest may will go. I don't think we're forgetting oh, something. Okay. Ah, yes. Um. And she'll, uh, you'll hear her make this bird call. Um, it sounds uh, eerily piercing, and it kind of cuts through the air, sort of almost unnaturally. That's not stealthy at all. <laughs> um, and uh, she'll uh, put something on her hand, and she'll just kind of hold it up. And um, a beautiful, um, what looks like a peregrine falcon... Um, actually uh, comes out and uh, lands on her hand. I don't think we're going to be in there for that long. I don't think we need to bring lunch with us. Sev is not lunch. Severin is my falcon. And she's very insulted. Oh. Don't worry. Does she, she's... Look, does she look very insulted? She always looks very insulted. I was going to say, it actually, it's a falcon. They pretty much universally look like they're angry. I don't think they have the facial capacity to express anything other than hate. Mm. Although, um, keep your packs guarded because she thinks all food belongs to her. So She's it's the working. opposite of lunch is what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but she'll be very useful. Isn't that right, girl? And Chial, uh, I'm still here, kind of looks up at you. You can command birds? Can you command other animals? Uh, no, um, Severin is my, I guess you'd call her my familiar? Um, we're magically bonded somehow. I'm really not sure I understand it very well, but my mother sent her to me. Oh. But she just kind of pokes at her face for a bit, almost kind of confused. That's um, one of the Bumblebrashers tried something like that one time. Beetle. Beetle tried to familiar a snake until it bit him three times, <laughs> and then he died. Hmm. We haven't tried to familiar any animals since then. It seems complicated. They, they usually just get really angry. Well... I think it kind of helps that I uh, raised him and we sort of learned how to hunt together, but it's not something that you can really learn how to do. It either kind of is or it isn't. But I'm not sure how you would get the baby snakes without getting the regular snakes to make the baby snakes. <sighs> These are the mysteries of the world that we shall solve. I don't understand how the snakes come out of the eggs. Whenever we try to open the eggs, it's just goop and food. Yes. We will discuss animal biology when I get back. Oh, right. And she looks down towards the doorway. Well, wait, wait, no. I'm forgetting something, too. The snake came first, not the egg. No, it wasn't about the snake. It was about Bumble, Big Bumble. Big Bumble might still be down there. Who's Big Bumble? Oh, well, the snake didn't go great. It bit Beetle and Beetle died. But after that, Craig uh, tried to familiar a mascot. That was what we wanted. We wanted a, a, a mascot for the Bumble Brashers, like our, our signature animal. And uh, the snake didn't work, but Craig, Craig got a bear. There's a bear? And we called it Big Bumble. 
There's a bear down there. Uh, there, maybe. I don't. It's been a few days. I'm not sure what happened with it. Okay. Well, but thank the, you for the, the warning. Bear, familiaring the bear wasn't great either. Uh, but we got her downstairs. But after she ate her fourth bumble brasher, we locked her in a room. I slow turn towards Dalrin. Yeah. Do you saw that mirror that we used to look around that door? Yeah, all right, all right, call me. Do you know, uh... You uh, could barely you contain your mascot. You wouldn't, you wouldn't happen to know, uh, if the door had any kind of, like, particular markings on it or anything. Maybe well, we could like on it. It was in the back of our, of, uh, where we lived. It, it was in the back area. Uh, where we tried to, we, we were trying to make it her, her pen, and I mean, I guess I guess that worked. When we familiared her, she she stayed in the room. That was where she ate all of the other bumble brashers. But it's uh, and she leans down and starts kind of drawing with her finger in the dirt, and uh, just kind of starts sketching out so this secret door comes in here and there's a big hall and then our home was all up here on the side with a, a bunch of stuff that was all just kind of interconnected where we lived and we locked bumble in the back and holds up this really crappy well i guess this would be in the, in the dirt rather it draws this really crappy design in the dirt mm. that gives a general indication of what's going on. But there's a lot more. There's a lot more down there, but we don't know what it is. There's another side. That's where the dead people are. And uh, the, the the dead people. Tyrannus uh, steps forward. Uh, the, the dead people. Are they walking? Are they interred? Is this a crypt or and Helba? Looks up at him. I, they're, they're dead people. Dead bodies, right? Dead, dead people don't walk. Oh, thank on God. On account of being dead. Okay, good. good. Good, good, good. Excellent. But we don't know what's down there. It was really spooky, and we didn't want that dead side of the place. Uh, and then there's more down at the far end of the hall. But... We really just wait. Uh, we're up on the, the the other side where Big Bumble is. Well, I have a good idea then. Um, Dolan, you have um, you have a parchment paper with you. Of course. Let's uh, let's create a map as we go. Um, that way we can uh, backtrack our steps and kind of know what's in each room, so that if we do decide to do something down here, we have a record of uh, where we've been and uh, what's there. Uh, easy enough. So, with your new falcon ally, certain to be great aid in a basement crypt, and uh, <laughs> your assorted light spells. Are we ready to descend? I know Buford's already like four steps down, just kind of waiting awkwardly. <laughs> at, that, at that point where he's already started walking away, but the conversation's still happening, and now he's like... Buford is never awkward. <laughs> I stand wanna, with purpose. He doesn't want to walk back up to the group because he already walked away, but uh, it's been... It's been an amount of time and people aren't really coming now, so he's just kind of... <laughs> because he's not really a part of the conversation, he's sort of on the stairs waiting. Just clanking in place. Yeah, I guess we'll uh, we'll line up in our normal formation. <laughs> Plus one. Plus one. We'll put Severin uh, in third position. 
and uh, perching on top of Tyrannus's head. <laughs> and Tyrannus, with the, as you two, uh, as you enter this hallway here with your light magic on your gauntlet and uh, just kind of printed on your chest, says, I must admit this is much nicer. Having to wield a halberd and bear a torch is somewhat difficult. Fortunately, the upper levels of the Citadel are not so dark, but it is vaults. There will be no light here, and I, I will admit I may have struggled alone. Oh, that's what friends are for. It is good to know that something down here awaits us, at least. So we can be prepared. Mm. Of course. Attention, then. Eyes up, weapons out, ready. <laughs> and, uh, holds his halberd up in front of him, ready at a moment's notice to start swinging, and takes his place in the line here. I would imagine, I, I just kind of put everyone here. No, that, that's right. I think that makes perfect yes, sense. Random order, yeah, I think it's largely the order you guys usually go in, but with Tyrannus just kind of in the middle. Mm-hmm. I feel like one of the downsides of being a sorceress is like you get your weapons ready, but it's just your hands, and it just doesn't just, look nearly as cool. Just get your tingly fingers at the ready. <laughs> I mean, to be fair for me, getting at the ready is like I got a holy symbol. I'm not afraid to use it. I'll show it to you. Yeah, <laughs> we'll give you the healing light, boy. <laughs> is, that a, is that a threat? Like. <laughs> So I guess we start making our way down. Yeah. So you begin to descend down the staircase here. Uh, after the first few steps away from this secret door here, it does widen up a decent bit, uh, but not a lot. It's about five feet across. It's still relatively narrow, but it's not super claustrophobic. Uh, but it is very rough. It is very dark. It's very stale, and it's very monotonous. You're just kind of descending down with no real visual of where you're going or where you're coming from. Uh, but fortunately, it's not a terribly long staircase. And as it goes down, it does double back on itself, uh, turning around uh, on a small landing to face east where you end up here, uh, where you've come to what is clearly the back of another secret door. Uh, as the goblins had told you, it is secret from both sides. So you are, at the moment, inside of uh, the small interim passageway. passage now, before we proceed any further, uh, just for everyone that is watching or listening, the party is level two now. So we have all of these fancy level two things to do with ourselves. And I have to say, in all the years that I have been streaming Pathfinder-related content, that is definitely the fastest level one in the West. That was two sessions. Two sessions, man. Two sessions of level one. Not even Plaguestone, which is a brief module, was that fast. I think there was three or four sessions of level one before that one started going. That is the absolute fastest level one I have ever seen. Plaguestone's like, you gotta beat the freaking we're, Plague Wolves. We're speedrunning <laughs> Age of Ashes here. <laughs> but as you approach the backside of this buddy, it is uh, clearly a door that can open. Uh, from inside here, you can hear some sound from the other side of the door, but it sounds like it's not immediately on the other side of the door. It's, but there is something moving around down here on the vault level. The goblins were at least not completely wrong. Someone is here. Like a bear. And open the door. Buddy, yeah. if you would be so kind. Probably best to push into the room, too, if there is something... Yeah, like that. And yeah, as you <gasps> as you open this doorway here, you see not cultists, not frogmen, not skeletons or zombies or any other kind of undead, 
what I would put, if I was to have everybody make a list of all of the things that exist and which one you thought you were going to find down here, large, tropical, very colorful birds would probably have been pretty close to the bottom. Like aggressive tropical birds? They are, first of all, enormous. These are near like ostrich or emus. Oh my God. No. They are large <laughs> birds standing up about four, four and a half feet tall on the ground. Uh, but they don't have those super long, weird naked ostrich legs. Uh, they just look like a songbird or almost a peacock scaled up massively. Hmm. They're incredibly brightly colored mm. with turquoise feathering and a red crest on their head with long tail feathers kind of draping across the floor behind them, almost like a cape, the mm. mixture of these two colors. Make a good trophy. And as the, bur as the door opens, the three of these creatures all turn to you at this sound. Bird heads. And their tail feathers tick up. There's about a second of silence and delay here before the angry screeching and charging begins. I suppose oh we would have been doing our exploration activities. Well, there hasn't been an opportunity yet, so we'll, I mean, I guess I'll give you scouting and I'll give you your knowledge check, because yeah, I hadn't asked, I'll be doing the same ones for now. And my but shield was up. Getting your shield's up. <laughs> the, the three very relevant things to what's, what's Things happening. that matter for combat. Alrighty. So, Esvis. Uh, 25. Uh, is that the lowest initiative you've ever gotten? Because I feel like... <laughs> you got a, you got a 23. I, I, got a, I, I, I did get a 10 last session. That's true. You did actually get one really low one. Resume. Uh, 17 total. 17 total. Buddy. 12. That's pretty good for you. It's because we leveled up is Improvement. what happened. Rur. 26. 26. Ooh, spicy. Little cleric at the ready. Dalren. Uh, 20. And a 20. So we'll put you right here in the middle. I'm going to have a ton of things up here. There's just a block so, of armor in the front, and you guys are like, uh, yep. excuse me. Shove action, <laughs> shove action. So, what, what, in what may be a surprising twist, the large man in plate is not particularly fast to react. <laughs> And see? it's you almost see? like these go in order of armored. Yeah, you see that? <laughs> it does sort of look like that, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I could see how you'd believe that. And then uh, Bird Uno. What did you have, Espus, 24? I had 25. 25, and Dalran, you were a 20? Yeah. And Bird Uno is going to be right in here. There's going to be a lot of readjusting Sh happening. Shaking his tail feather. Bird Dose. Yeah, I'm going to have to move a lot of these. It says, there's only so much space in the top of my GM screen. Well, no, D20, come back to me. I'm going to have to roll the one that kills everyone. <laughs> uh, bird Dose is going to be immediately below Dalren. That's backwards. Give you the side that you can read. And Bird Trace. Did you have Resume 17? Uh, yes. It's going to be right between Bodhi and Resume. So, Roar back here with your lights you can't really see exactly where you're going but with all of the people in front of you so you can certainly tell that there was a lot of angry avian screeching going on and you can see the bright colors rushing out of the darkness 
Uh, you're up, Espis, you're on deck. There's literally two people in the back. I oh, know Resme's like way in the back. It's. Stop reacting first. You're literally <laughs> in the back. What are you, how is this happening? We're, we're just. We're ready. That's all it is. Unfortunately, I'm not quite ready. I can't really see what's going on. I'm just going to hold and wait until I have a better time to react. Tell me when you want to jump back in. Yep. Espis. Uh, well, seeing as I can see that there is a very angry, shaking tail feather bird uh, straight there in front, the very first thing I will do is signature ranger hunt prey. All right. Well, that's certainly prey. It's a very fantastic and tropical prey, and the one right in the front is hunted. Um, and I will use my new level two ability. Ooh. I will use hunter's aim, which costs me two actions. And uh, what it does is I get a plus two to my attack roll and I ignore my prey's cover. That's pretty solid because he definitely has some right now from the seven teammates in front of you. Do you get a shot too? Yes, uh, I, ah. this, is, this is with my shot. A natural one. Well, Aww. I want to go ahead and say that despite all of the cool preparation of ranger abilities, you there are still, that. like, seven teammates in front of you. <laughs> you are in a fairly narrow hallway. I mean, it's, like, five feet across, but you've got at least that many bodies. Exactly. My, you literally have five people in front of you, two of goes, which have yeah. a lot of armor. Yeah. Yeah. Get, my head goes flying in front of me. I'm like, you Esmus? You knocked Woody's head into the room. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's all I got. All righty. Cool wind-up. Oh, the hat. So the first of these little birds here uh, steps forward, uh, not immediately rushing towards the door. Oh, uh, recall knowledge. On oh, yeah, recall knowledge. What's your Eight. Blah, 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 nature? Eight. Oh, okay. That's correct. Um, you... <laughs> you made him angry. <laughs> you, uh, you... <laughs> I guess they're a very avid bird watcher, apparently, because that's a critical success. Oh, fantastic. So you are familiar with a lot of varieties of tropical birds, maybe a hobby of yours, perhaps. And uh, <laughs> these things, emperor birds, as they're called, are obviously not native to the frigid foothills of the Five Kings Mountains in the middle of winter. They live in sunny lands. They live in, like, a, the jungles that, of Mwangi. That's why like, I know about it. It's sunny. It's very... Very Saren Ray. I'm going to stick with the avid bird watcher. <laughs> avid bird watcher. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but these these creatures here are just as dangerous with their tails, uh, where the spine of their quill is prehensile and actually extends all the way to the tip, as they are with beaks and claws. And it gives them surprising reach. Uh, in addition, because they just have so many of these prehensile tail quills, they are well known for being able to fend off uh, a lot of enemies in unison. They can deal with an assault on multiple fronts with all these tail feathers and being so colorful and so visible, much like peacocks, they are big on the display thing. As this one steps forward towards the door, it raises all of its tail feathers up and fans them out uh, and they shimmer and flutter a little, almost appearing iridescent here in the doorway, as they seem to flow through uh, a spectrum of this turquoise to this red and back and forth, although you can't really be certain whether the feathers are actually changing colors. The body of the creature puffs up as well as its wings fan out to match, uh, with spots and various markings down its main wing feathers. And I need Buddy and Dalrin 
to make me will saves. Uh, okay, that's a 20. Oof, oof, that's an eight. That's an eight. Well, he knocked my hat off, man. How, how, how are you supposed to expect me to like stand up to anything if I ain't got no hat on? All right, so with a 20, Dalren, you are dazzled. For one round, you almost find it difficult to focus on anything else, and that's just going to give you a chance to miss okay. with all of your attacks. Buddy, buddy, you've never... This is way beyond your understanding here. You are confused. Uh-oh. You lose <laughs> track head. of... You see what happens when you knock my head off? You lose track of what you're trying to fight and who is your ally. And here in the doorway, you compl- like completely can't even tell which direction the enemies are. It's sensory overload. And you are confused for two rounds. Okay. Uh, then that is going to be Dalren. And uh, then another bird in Resume you're up after that. Okay. Um, I'll step in after Dalren. Okay, okay so I'm, 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 we're, we're going to need to get into the room. Uh, if I, if uh, Buddy was a one square forward, can I be able to squeeze by him and get into the rest of the room? Um, you can squeeze by Buddy how you are. As, as I am. The hallway is not so narrow that you can't go by each other. Okay, very good. Um, so, uh, Dalren's gonna turn on Dragon Rage. Alright, then lightning crackling across your body up. as this thing gives its display. It just makes you angry and confused. I, I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give my display back, dang it. Where, <laughs> wherever the heck it might be. Fair enough. And, uh, I'm gonna go squeeze by Buddy and step out front here. Just to go ahead and see what the room looks like. And it's it's a hallway. Okay. Yeah, as you move in this entryway, you can see it's a it's a fairly long hallway. It does continue off into the darkness uh, beyond what you can perceive here. Okay, so I'll take one. And you can see offshoots on your right and your left, uh, cutting off again into the shadows. Okay. Uh, so I'm gonna step off to my right uh, just to get out of the way of the rest of the party, and um, with uh, my third action, uh, just try to bring this geese arm down in a swing to try to bisect this bird and. Hopefully, make it stop blasting those things. So, dazzled flat check. Uh, I pass. That's okay. a 17. So, take a swing. And taking a swing with disarm. That's a 19, 19 plus 8, die. 27. A 27 will hit. That's just barely not a critical hit. All right. So, that's going to be uh, 9 lightning damage. And as you smash this thing, again, it is... It is fairly sizable. Mm-hmm. Uh, as you slash your gisam through and the lightning surges into the bird, it definitely hurts it, but it, it it's not even really enough. That's not like even a grievous deadly injury. Mm-hmm. It's, it's pretty big. It's going to take some concentrated attacks to bring these things down. Uh, Rory said you want to step back in. Go ahead. Going to pull out my crossbow, take aim now that the area will reload it, and uh, take aim now that the area in front of me is a little more clear, and see if I can't put a bolt into this thing. All right, it's gonna have lesser cover. Sorry, that's just a plus one because there's two people in front of you still. The two very armored gentlemen are in front of you. A ten total. Uh, a ten is going to miss. As you again, same problem. There's just there's enough space in this room in this hallway to kind of squeeze past each other. There's not really enough to easily get projectiles down. Uh, now the second of the birds. Is going to move forward as well. Uh, striding towards you down the hall into the light. It's tail feathers raised up alongside the one that is doing the shimmering scintillating dance. And from its position. 
it is going to lash out with tail feathers against both Buddy and Dalren. Hmm. Uh, Dalren, what is your AC? It is now an 18. 18. You are raging. Uh, it is going to hit you. Buddy, what is yours? I'm flat-footed, but um, I'm not sure what that means. It's just minus two. Okay, so my shield is up, which is 20, so my shield is negated, so I'm at 18. Okay, 18 AC as well. Uh, that one's going to critically hit you as you just stand there in confusion, <laughs> not really sure what's going on. You basically gotcha, gotcha. make no attempt to avoid it whatsoever, and this quell, this this tail quill, punches uh, a tiny thin hole just straight through your breastplate like a rapier and stabbing into your torso. So, Dalren, you are going to take seven damage, buddy. You are going to take eight damage. It's always fortunate when the critical gets low rolled. That works out for the players very yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> One on the die for damage there, so you lucky this time. Uh, resume, that'll be a bird. Oh, and also, because you took damage, roll a flat check to see if you're confusing mm. it. Oh, right, right. Hey! Uh, yeah, uh, it's a 14 on the die. Fantastic, so you are no longer confused. How long does my dazzle ever go away? Oh, uh, it was actually on one round, so it's over. Oh, Andy. Sorry, I, didn't, I, I meant to mention dazzle for one round. Alrighty, so Resume. Just dazzled forever because his bird is you. you're on deck. Um, Resume <laughs> will hold up her arms, uh, yell Fulgare, and lightning will fall from the sky um, on the ceiling onto two of these birds. Okay. Yeah. Less the sky and yeah, more just the ceiling, like 10 feet overhead. Uh, but just coalescing up on the roof, this crackle of energy above Dalren, this battle, it just surges downward. So they as must it, as make reflex saves. saves. Reflex saves. So what two just the closest to? Uh, the closest two, yeah. Okay, so uno and dos. So first one is going to... Against my spell save DC, which is, I guess, uh, 18. The first one is going to succeed. The second one is going to fail. Okay. Oh, shit. I'm assuming it's a basic save. Yeah, it is. Okay. Um, so do I just roll w once and then do it against I, I both of them? I think you just roll once and it's okay. both. Okay, uh, so that's going to be um, eight damage. Eight damage. The first one is going to take half, so you can take four. And the second one is going to take the full eight. All right. And uh, then uh, show uh, shield up. Also, I didn't give you tokens. I have my fancy bird tokens. Hey. Tell me why I don't give you tokens. I only got two of those, so one of them gets to be this guy. So <laughs> <laughs> He's less colorful than the rest. Don't make fun he's of him. He's in the dark. He got, he's in the dark. Yeah, he's coming to the light yet. He got, he got bullied in school. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, and I'll shield up. And you throw up a protective shield as well. The third of the birds. They hadn't heard. The third of the birds is going to move up forward behind the first one that's performing and do a very similar thing. Uh, spreading its wings, putting the tail feathers up. Dalren and Buford, any will saves. Mm. Still making it. It's 21. Dazzled again. One round. Uh, 16 on the day. Uh, plus six, so 20, uh, 22. 22. Also dazzled for one round. Many dazzles. They're very dazzling. They, they are do, very dazzling. They do give us the old razzle-dazzle. They I was really just do. <laughs> the buddy, dazzling display. Buddy, and then it'll be Tyrannus, and then Esphys, you're up next. Okay. Fortunately, I, your confusion wore off before it got to your turn, so that, that is out. very nice. I appreciate that a lot, Mr. Bird. Um, <laughs> so I am going to. How do like bull rushes work? 
Is that like a thing that's you have to shove. have? What do you mean? Shove? I don't know. Well, what like, do you want to do with the bull rush? It's not a shove. Can I just like run through these two birds in front of me and try and like? Oh, like run them over? That's yeah. not a thing anymore. I don't think thing. that's a thing you can unless there's like a class feed or something that gives that okay, to you. I don't okay, believe okay. that's an option in second. Okay. That would be an acrobatics check to squeeze past. Yeah, I mean, no, you could, no, you no. Could, I mean, you like, want to knock You want to knock yeah. them over? Yeah. <laughs> to uh, to try and get past them. It's, I don't think. Yeah, I don't think overrun has any second edition equivalent without an ability that gives you something similar. It's not. Inherent. Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to move um, past uh, Delrin and uh, move one square further uh, past him. Like so, I open in front of that doorway. Hopefully, okay. there's nothing in that room. Well, you don't um, have any light, so you can't see back there. It's kind yeah, of darkness behind you. Hopefully, saying, nothing hopefully comes out and eats you. <laughs> so I, uh, I shake my head, you know, to, like grab my hat as I'm walking, you know, going past here. Uh, and I am going to. Uh, these birds are a pain in my butt. I don't. I don't like these birds at all. I've got my hammer out, and I'm just gonna try and like bring it down and try and kind of smush this bird over nearest the door. Okay. Give him some slap. Some slap with a. So you you move past it, but you're swinging back towards the one. Mm-hmm. Okay, the one that's the most injured. Yeah. So that's a twenty-one. Twenty-one will hit. Okay, and then that does one d eight. Oh, right. Oh, yeah, make the flat check for Dazzled. Okay, that's a flat check of... It's just DC5. Oh, DC5. Don't roll a one through four. I got a four. Well, <laughs> unfortunately... <laughs> I'm With dazzled. these scintillating flashing colors <laughs> filling your eyes, what you were sure was a solid strike just doesn't hit anything. It's just a clear miss. It's all poofed up. You got the feathers. Yeah, you, you just get feathers. You get feathers and nothing. Yeah, it is a lot of feathers there. So, And then I'm just going to put my shield in front of me, try and get my bearings. All right, then keep yourself protected. Uh, Tyrannus. I love the quail noises. He's going to move forward into the doorway, advancing with his halberd. And uh, as he moves forward, he lets, he lets go with one hand and makes a motion with two fingers down towards the right side of the hallway where you guys are already running to circle back around behind these creatures and lashes out with his polearm from the doorframe, uh, staying there so that the archers and casters behind him have to... The, the birds would have to move through him to get the rest of the team before he starts uh, one mighty swing. As soon as he clears the door frame and has the, ra- uh, the range overhead to bring the halberd up, he does. He doesn't try, there's no subtlety or anything to this attack here. He just brings this halberd down with as much strength as he can muster directly towards the meat of the nearest emperor bird. In a, you could say, power attack. Which he is going to miss spectacularly. Um, no. As is historical range. of the good yeah. narrations of power attacks, they uh... and uh, yeah, as he as he <laughs> brings it down here, the bird hops to the side. Uh, they're not, it's their birds. They're not just standing there getting hit. And his halberd slams into the stone floor with an echoing ring that emanates throughout the basement here. Uh, he's much more interested in keeping himself at the doorframe and keeping the birds back from the rest of the group. And he is nest- and possibly just trying to scare them off as he is just bringing down death blows. Esmus. Okay. Um, start my action off with hunted shot, so I'll take two shots against my prey. Yeah, he's already hunted. Nice. Okay. So, first shot. Uh, seven on the die plus eight. Uh, fifteen. This does not ignore cover. Uh, the fifteen is gonna miss. Okay. Uh, second attack is six on the die. Uh, plus six is twelve, so that'll miss. And so the, f- the first two arrows still still in the back here. You still have Resme, Andrew, and I don't Tyrannus think I count now. as an obstacle. <laughs> oh, 
I'm still concerned for you. <laughs> All yeah. in front of you, and he's still in the back of this hallway, and he's got arrows just kind of echoing down uh, and just shooting. You can hear him whizzing overhead down this this larger hallway and into the darkness to the east, but nothing, nothing landing yet. And then I will use my remaining two actions to Hunter's Aim. All right. This so one does ignore the this cover. This does ignore cover. But it's also got a lot of multiple attack penalty, but such as that. Well, thankfully with my Hunter's yeah, Flurry. Hunter's yeah. Flurry does help with that a lot. So. Uh, that is a 9 on the die, plus 6 is 15. 15's also going to miss. Okay. Uh, and this first bird that is the nearest that is now surrounded by a whole bunch of people is going to peck out towards Dalren. Dalren is the only person who, uh, of the people here with large weapons making a lot of noise in front of him who has managed to hit it. Mm. He's also a glowing beacon of both light spell and lightning. So as his tail feathers, uh, as he finishes this dance, he lunges forward with his beak. Is that 18? Yes. He is going to hit you. Four. Eight damage. And I glare at this bird. This bird has never been so glared at in his whole life. So this, yeah, what do you do? What do you do? I, mean, I'll, I was going to do Glimpse of Redemption. Yeah, it's when he starts an attack. I'm pretty sure. Is no, it, it's when, when, he the anal, an, an, when he takes oh, damage. Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. I'm wrong. I thought that was when he started swinging. Yeah, no, it's when, it, when an enemy uh, damages your ally. Okay, so you... <laughs> I'm like, now you listen up here, bird. You don't want to touch that man well, a, right it's there. It's a divine ability, right? It's like a glimpse of redemption. So like, this bird this sees bird, This bird sees a flash of the life it could have had had not succumbed to a life of crime here in the Vols Peninsula del Altarian with his bird wife and his bird children relaxing on a tropical beach in western Mwangi. A, t- a single tear pulls down option. its feathers. The bird briefly wonders where his life went so wrong. And he hesitates. He's gonna have, it's, it's, uh, what, are you, what are your options? You can lose He's the got attack. The following options. The ally is unharmed by the triggering damage, or the ally gains resistance to all damage against the triggering damage equal to 2 plus your level. Uh, after the damaging effect is applied, the enemy becomes uh, stupefied too until the end of the next turn. Is it stupefied? I know you have an option to make it stupefied. Is your thing always stupefied? No, it's. I took the thing. It's it's enfeebled, but it's stupefied now that I. You can choose between enfeebled and stupefied. In um, stupefied is like intelligence and spell rolls. Stupefying um, the bird probably isn't gonna help you. Enfeebling okay. the bird that is stabbing the crap out of you is gonna okay. be much more effective on it. Okay. So he either can do four damage and be enfeebled to forever, or in a moment of quiet <laughs> recollection and regret and regret, contemplate how he ended up here, abandoned by the cinder claws in a dark hallway when he doesn't even have dark vision. <laughs> With what has to be the saddest existence possible. And he's going to hesitate, and you're not going to take any damage. <laughs> that was great. But after this brief recollection, he's going to start wildly stabbing out with the tail quills towards the two of you. Uh, so he's still swinging. His brief lament on his life of crime over. <laughs> he's returned to his assault. This is my favorite ability in all of Pathfinder. <laughs> Clips oh, yeah. of redemption is amazing. <laughs> I'm a bloodthirsty animal. Ah, <laughs> 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 All right. 
stabbing. So uh, with his penalty here, um, he is going to hit Buford with his tails. Okay. Nigel's a minus four. Yeah, we're gonna hit you. And is this yes. Okay. He is going to hit Dalren as well. Ah. So Buford, you are going to be struck by a quill for seven damage. And Dalren, you are going to be struck by a quill for four damage. And now it is your turn, Dalren. We're on deck. All right. Um. So I, can I? Uh, slide past Buford without too much difficulty? Uh, you certainly can. All right, you have a much bigger open space now. Okay, so um, Dalren is actually going to, um, following his uh, Tyrannus's advice, he's going to actually slide around to the back here. Um, uh, one one more further away. There you go. So bad looking at the table and figuring out where that is. No worries. Through the bottom of the slit, the bottom of the initiative trackers, where you can see. And the nice thing about uh, these big flightless birds is that you've only got two feet. Uh, so he's going to take that uh, halberd and, he, uh, sorry, the geese arm, and he's going to swing it to the ground to try to take the feet out front of the bird and knock it over. Okay. So that is versus, uh, it's 4DC, yes? Uh, 4DC, yeah, my athletics. Uh, that's a natural one. I'm going to give you a point for that. <laughs> Dazzle. Oh, I am dazzled also. Oh, yeah, um, and to target anything, yeah, so flat, uh, de- okay, flat check, never mind. <laughs> Very dazzled. <laughs> this is a spectacularly dazzling creature here. As uh, you go to trip and you just, as you move down the hall, totally lose sight as your light coming emanating from you shimmers across this bird's feathers. You completely lose track of where you're aiming and swinging nothing. Um, you so can that's, continue trying. It's I can't just a flat trying. check for each time you try to target okay. it, basically. Uh, so kind of like blinking around and moving about, it's uh, he's going to try to go ahead and focus on it again. And this time he's just going to try to go for a just a quick chop down to try to see if he can catch it this time. Flat check passes with a 16. Okay. And attack roll is uh, ooh, an 18 minus 5, 13 plus 8, 22. 22 hits. Uh, so that's going to be significantly better. Uh, so this is the unharmed one. This is the uh, this is the one in the back. Yes, yeah. the the bullied one. The, the duller. <laughs> the, the duller. He's the one, one who's dazzling you right now. So clearly, yeah, you know, you have a good. Be careful, you make fun of in bird middle school. That's totally <laughs> true. Uh, so bird middle school bird takes fifteen lightning damage. Oh wow, that's a solid hit. Uh, now sending him from unharmed to the most injured of the birds. And that will bring us to Ruler. And then a bird. I'm going to tell Tyrannus, uh, move up and out of the way. I have a spell. I need clearance as I move up behind him and cast a two-action heal into Buddy, who appears to be taking the brunt of things. All right, so Buddy gets... A lot of health. No, wait, it's not. That hasn't leveled up yet. Yeah, it's still yet. a lot. It's still a lot. But uh, it's not 2d8 plus 16. Not yet. It is 9. 9 health! Okay. Alrighty, and then the second of the birds here is surrounded. There are swings coming. Dalren is moved behind it. This bird. I'm trying to click on the main monitor because I don't learn from experiences. 
going to take a step back, just placing himself kind of in the center of the group. All three of these birds now corralled, clustered together. And he is going to take his turn at doing the Shimmer Dance. And... It's really annoying. It will things. save from the Dalren and Buddy. Can I take an action to avert my eyes or a reaction? I know that exists. It's, yeah, that is that is for gazes. That does exist. You can avert your eyes from a gaze. This is this is not a gaze attack. It just it's just a attack with the visual descriptor. I don't I actually have them back on my screen here. Um You you actually okay, okay, I'm wrong. First edition it's gazes. Second edition, one of the basic actions is you can avert your gaze. It's one action, there's no downside, and you get a plus two against any visual abilities. And this is a visual ability. So if you spend one action to avert your gaze, you will give yourself a plus two against the Shimmer Dance. Okay, I'll remember that. I've got a 24. I have 16. 24, you are dazzled. You still have your card, so you can just hang on to that. You're re-dazzled. Um, and Dal Ren, you are dazzled for uh, one round. Okay, the four is going to be once, so... Sometimes failure is secret success. <laughs> and that will bring us to Resme, and then the, the last bird. Um, Resme uh, will yell out, I hope everyone likes cooked bird, and uh, bring uh, lightning down on the uh, one near Buddy and the one in front of it again. Okay, so the, this, the, oh, now the, the two most injured ones. Yeah. And they're going to make a reflex save, so the one nearest you is going to fail, and the one closer to Buddy is going to pass. Okay, uh, well, one of them's going to take five, and the other one's going to take two. Two, two. Still saying, saying very close in amount of damage they've taken, 18 and 17. And those two birds, after these repeated blasts of lightning, these uh, electrical arcs surging through, as well as a couple of hits that have been landed, they are starting to be a bit bloodied. Uh, you're seeing visible injuries on them. Uh, they're not moving as efficiently. A lot of their feathers have been blasted or singed <coughs> off. They are starting to take a mortal amount of damage. But for the time being, they're still fighting perfectly fine. And Resume will throw up her shield again. And continue the shield. Uh, bird three, which is the one in the back by Buddy now, is just going to lash out. Uh, or once again, he's going to attempt to, he's going to attempt to peck Buddy because you're right next to him. You, you, you came up next to him and he's going to give you the beaks. Your AC 20? Yep. He's going to miss with the beak, but then he is going to attempt to lash out with tail quills towards both you and Dalren. And towards you, it's also going to miss, and towards Dalren. That's going to miss by one, actually. Woo. So this one is just going to flail angrily towards the people who have moved furthest down the hall here, towards Buddy and Dalren, but not you're able to keep him back with your shield, and he's not really focusing towards Dalren, who can avoid the tail lashes that are just coming out in his direction at massive swipes. Uh, Buddy, and then Tyrannus. Okay. This time, I know, I know exactly what's going on here. I'm going to bring this hammer down and just smush this little bird in front of me. Dizzle check. Uh, dizzle check, oh, right. Ah, pass it out to take Aha! 10. Aha! We did it. We made the, like, 80% chance. And then we missed with a five on the die, <laughs> I'm sure. Let's see here. That's a... Uh, it's, uh, almost certain that Almost misses. certainly a plus... Yeah, yeah, yeah. If yep, only yep. you could have switched those two. So balls. you passed the dazzled check, uh, but still, this these birds are quite quick and evasive, and you're unable to, uh, like, while you're... You, a lot of your focus has to be on just keeping track of the thing, fo keeping focus and not getting distracted by these scintillating dances, uh, and you're not able to really land again. And then I'm going to move. I'm going to be like, I've got to get this. I can barely see in here. I'm going to move directly across from uh, Dalren in the hall and uh, raise my shield up again. 
Keep yourself protected. It's working. Tyrannus. Tyrannus is gonna trust. He's gonna trust you. And he's gonna step up around the corner here, opening the way a little bit more for those behind him. And fortunately, he's got reach. Dolren's got reach. I'm pretty sure that's a flanking situation. Mm -hmm. So he is once again going to bring the halberd around and try to land a mighty strike upon the bird sandwiched between the pair of you with your equally long pole arms. And that is going to hit. Our attacks just double the damage dice, right? Yeah, double the dice, not double the bonus. Okay. <laughs> I just I wrote down a cliff note so I don't have to keep flipping back to his stats in the book I just wrote power attack and not actually what it does <laughs> excellent uh, so he is going to hit four the true power move that's a two that's a three hot d10s uh, he's going to hit it for nine evening up the race we are perfectly efficiently spreading our damage across these three creatures here and uh but as he takes this position here, and the two of you have it flanked, he is going to call out to Dalrin, Focus this one! We have good position. Telling you how to do your job right there. Rotisserie Peacock. Esmus, <laughs> <laughs> and then the foremost bird. All right. You mean the halberd? No, the, the, the foremost bird that's in the front. Oh, man. <laughs> Let's try this again. Believe. Believe. First action, hunted shot. Okay. So two arrows coming down. So it will have... It's only, got, it's only got lesser cover. Lesser cover? Okay. All right, so... For Ruhr specifically. I have a house rule that it's barely a house rule. I've used it forever that for ranged weapons, if you have an ally adjacent to you, that doesn't give them lesser cover because, I mean, if anything, that would make it... Like, if you had, especially if you had crossbow or something, you could brace it and make it easier to shoot them. So I'm not giving you cover for Resme, but Ruhr is casting a bunch of shiny divine magic halfway down the hall, and that's lesser cover. Fair enough. Okay. All right, so, uh, first shot. Uh, 15 on the die, plus 8 will be 23 total. You did it, you hit him. Woo! <laughs> and the second shot is an 8 on the die, plus 6, 14. 14 will miss. So okay. You got a hit, though. We Espus is on the board. We got him on we the board. It. For 7 points of piercing. Hey. And with that, that first Emperor Bird, the closest one your hunted prey is on death's door now. Uh, barely able to still mount an offense or avoid. Okay, then. Uh, I will use my remaining two actions to Hunter's Aim, and I will ignore the cover that it has. <laughs> aim a little higher. Aim a little higher. You got him once. You can just repeat the first shot. A 19 on the die, plus 6, 25. 25 will hit. Yeah. For six points of piercing. And with six points of damage, as these two arrows thud one after another into the first of the Emperor Birds, it finally falls down to the ground. Dinner. Middle school bird picks up the feathers of the colorful bird. Fit <laughs> <laughs> of jealousy. He had a moment to reconsider what his life could have been before a pair of arrows slammed into his chest and he just collapsed on the floor, left forever to wonder. And that is it for me. Alrighty, that will bring us to that bird, which is now dead. So Dalren and Ruri are on deck. That was a good pick. That was a good pick. That was value. All right. So first, I'm going to attempt to target the one in front of me that um, uh, Tyrannus is suggesting we go for. Yeah, you are flanking it, so it's flat-footed. Uh, that is a one, so I am not going to see it. Yeah. Um, the, are you uh, still dazzled? I have a card in front of me. Yeah, but you two have not exactly yeah. been great about hanging him back. I know. Has it? Has you, it's been a turn. Are, he was dazzled are, no, last was turn. No, I, 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 I think. Yeah, so I think I am still dazzled. Yeah. 
Um, so uh, I'll try to focus and try to squint and see him again. Now, here's a question. Um, because I have to roll to target, and then I fail to roll to target, that uses up the action, but does it count my multiple attack penalty since I can't see him in the first place? Let me consult the wording of Dazzled via these spectacular Paizo condition cards. Everything's concealed from you. Got two um, target, yeah. So it is concealed, which is definitely back here somewhere. You must succeed at a flat five D, uh, DC five flat check when targeting with a non-area effect. Huh. I'm gonna say, but we'll look this one up later. I'm gonna say yes. It still counts your multiple attack penalty because, like, you can you can see that you're, you're attempting to hit it. It's mm -hmm. basically just like skipping the AC check by having you just miss the concealment. You're okay. And so you're still, I, I, he would have you're swung still taking it a swing something. at it. Yeah, it's, it's not, not like if you don't have the DC five flat check, searching. you haven't realized there's a bird there. Okay. Um, because because that will be hidden. Concealed is you're aware of where it is, you see it, and you're taking a swing, you're just not, it's not exactly where you think it is. So I'm gonna say yes, but I'll look this one up because I might be wrong on that No one. worries, all right. Uh, so I'll take a second attack. Uh, flat check passes this time with a 13. And then a, uh, that's a four on the die, that's like seven. Yeah, that's, that's not, so flat footed helps not that much. Yeah, that's the way now. Okay, uh, and that will bring us to Ruhr. And then one of the remaining birds. So, taking a step forward. This is my mom. While chanting. <laughs> for the sun and the fury, as burning hands blast out into the now available opening, washing over the body of one of these birds and the other two still standing. We are just, yeah, the one that's on the ground. It's all three of them, technically. Yep. One of them is just down. And a wash of holy fire overcomes these creatures, which I'm positive is going to involve a reflex save. Yeah. Um, they are fairly quick. What's your DC? 18. Um, the first one is going to succeed. And the second one, they're both going to succeed. All right. They is... are fast. Like, they're not armored or anything. They're just birds. The difficulty to hitting them is almost entirely the fact that they are quick and I evasive. D6. I thought I had two D6. Well, burning hands is D6. That is five each. Okay. Is that total? Ten. Okay. Yeah. So with a with a solid blast of fire, even though they evade the worst of it, it's still a they lot do of, catch. That's a gout of flame. Yeah, they catch a good amount of fire. And now both of these two remaining creatures are also nearing death's door. Um, these things are particularly territorial, incredibly ornery, and as I mentioned previously, do not actually have dark vision. So. Even if they would retreat, they they have no real conceivable way to do that. So this run to the wall. They're just gonna try to lay eggs. He's <laughs> this first one in the middle. No, it's the one on the north one is number two. Uh, the northern one is gonna do his best to distract you with a scintillating dance. <gasps> he is will saves from Dalren and Buford, and Rur now because you're now in range. Ooh, ooh, that was so good. Ooh, man, we're on fire. Used to this nonsense. 25. Okay. Dazzled one round. Oh, uh, so I only took two actions, it occurs to me. Could I have used my third action to avert my eyes? Sure. Okay, cool. Thank you. Um, 17 plus 6. What is that? Yeah, 23. Uh, I have a 26 with the averting my eyes bonus. Dazzled one round. All three, you dazzled one round. Okay. Okay, well, I will keep this dazzled over here. Just you go ahead and hang on to your dazzled cards. Those are your best friends now. You dazzled for life. <laughs> and then, uh, <laughs> 
Afterwards, he is going to lash with a tail strike towards Tyrannus. Um, just the one. Just one to him. And he's going to hit him. He doesn't have his full Hell Knight plate yet. He's not in full plate. He's just got a somewhat enamored, uh, almost like scale mail. Mm. Uh, ornate and well-designed, but definitely not full plate. And enough that this tail is going to punch through and hit your boy Tyrannus for five damage. My boy. And resume before last bird. Uh, let me guess. Does it involve lightning in both of them? You know it does. <laughs> These birds are going down to the power of my lightning. So let me make some reflex saves. Uh, go ahead. Before I even do... Well, they could critically succeed, I guess. Uh, go ahead and roll me the damage. Just out of raw curiosity, because they're both pretty hurt. Uh, five. Five? Okay. Yeah, okay. If they, if they fail, they die. So the bird in the middle of the hall passes. The bird on the north end flanked also passes. Again, they're quite quick. They're pretty dodging things as their forte. We're playing to their strengths I here in this hallway. Yeah. We're playing to their strengths here. And uh, that's why we're using AoEs. Both of them now, like any anything, will put them down at this point. <laughs> Sneeze. Literally anything. Do any amount of damage. <laughs> so it's like, come the heck on. You guys, guys have so successfully s saturated your damage across three <laughs> targets. Resume will just cross her arms and look grumpy. She's not even going to shield. She's not even like, going to shield. Because really, you're blasting these lightning things down, and these birds are like hopping around the side, <laughs> and you're like singeing them. She's just, just so irritated. And they just keep doing it. Like, you got one, maybe one good solid hit in there, but just a whole bunch of dancing birds that are just constantly avoiding these lightning strikes coming from the ceiling as you two are battling them here. Mumbling to herself in Elvish. And the last bird, also very desperately injured, is going to go for the last secret of his people. Uh oh. <laughs> I need to make a will save for Tyrannus. He just explodes. Tyrannus is also desolate for one round for what's worth. Uh, but he's going to re restore on the ancient tactic. Of dancing in a distracting manner. I don't know what anyone else says. Please don't hit me. Oh, God. 29. We're the worst. Uh, okay, you, nothing happens. Uh, you have completely avoid the effects. Okay, I get 11. An 11, you are dazzled for, you're already dazzled for one round. Now you're still dazzled for one round. Ah. Those, nice. those drat, uh, dastardly d4s. This d4s cheap. Uh, 14 with the averting the eyes. 14, you are dazzled for... Two rounds. Oh That's what you get for looking away. If you look away, it gets worse. I saw the first thing hit me, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm clear, and then boom. You're, you're looking at the bird, and it's this shining ray of colors, because the light's coming from you. It's coming from your hand. You yep. look away from it and just see it splayed across the wall yep. on the reflection. You're just like, oh, that's not better. <laughs> <laughs> and then he is going to just totally randomly strike out at Tyrannus in a last fit of dying survival instinct. He is going to hit him, and Tyrannus is going to take nine damage, Woo. actually. He's going to take the big one. Ow. I've always thought it was odd that there were no penalties for being really wounded. Like, well, there's wounded now, so like there are, but you have to get hurt enough to go down. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, that, so that is now categorically a thing. But uh, uh, with that strike, as he gets caught by the first of the Emperor Birds and the second, Tyrannus staggers back into the corner a bit up. Uh, Clearly bloodied. 
but he maintains his footing pretty quickly, ready to resume his attack. And Buddy is you and then him. I'm gonna I'm gonna smack this time for sure, you guys. Give me the dazzle check. So, get closer. No, we did not do it the first time. Two on the die there. Okay, second attack. You're the most value anyone's ever gonna get out of the dazzled condition. Yeah, it's a freaking yeah. DC five. Ooh, second attack, I hit. First of all, I have to move up. But second attack definitely makes it through the dazzled. Okay, well, you um, do still have to actually hit, but we're through the dazzled. Ooh, net 20. Net 20. Okay, okay, okay. We've okay. been charging it up. Critically strike the bird in the center of the room. We hate him so one. much. He's we, dead, yeah. yeah he's, ooh, <laughs> max. max damage. Um, so that's uh, plus four, eight. So do I double the eight? Or do you I double, double everything? everything. Oh, okay, uh, so many damage. Uh, so 8 plus 4 is 12 times 2 is 24. You hit this. <laughs> you are so mad at this point. You step forward and with all of your strength, pancake this thing into the ground for 24 <laughs> damage. And yeah, just a poop. <laughs> multicolored feathers. The, the bird worth, is gone. For what it's worth, it's also knocked prone. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. It is not prone. <laughs> That's accurate by the force of deadness. Yeah. It is, in fact, prone. Uh, Lizzie would, oh, then he had to step over. Yeah, so, step over. so, Tyrannus now. Stupid bird. <laughs> it's all up to hero friend Hell Knights. <laughs> He's dazzled, passes the flat check. More than any of us can say. And then he is going to take his mighty swing. No, he's actually, he's pretty tactical. You can see this thing's pretty injured. He's going to be a little more cautious and just try to make sure he hits. He's not going to power attack. Uh, he's still going to miss, though. Um, but then he's going to bring that sweeping motion back around, carry that momentum, and fail the dazzle check. And then he's going to try really hard to not embarrass himself in front of his new friends and fail another dazzle check. <laughs> Am I gotten it in my helmet? Is that, is, uh, his halberd just swooshes above, below, around to this thing. He's, he's, he's trying his best, but he's in pain. He's taking some good hits. He's distracted. He's trying to focus through all these scintillating colors across the room and the walls reflecting everywhere. And he's just out of his element here. We and now we see why he's not a full-blooded hell knight yet. <laughs> yep. We feel your pain, Big T. <sighs> he's inherently weak to dazzle. Espus. And Dalren, you're on there. Okay. Um, this bird gets another turn. I'm just TPKing all of you. Esfus is going to try to move forward, uh, squeeze past Resme to try and at least get line of sight on the bird. I thought you shoot for my behind her. I think that's all right. Okay. Um, hunt prey, second action. And... Last action, hunted shot. Two arrows. Two arrows, you only got we only need one. Two hard ones. Don't you put that evil on me. <laughs> Shut up right now. Get out. We're not playing. We're not welcome at this table anymore. Hey. That is two hard ones. It's an 11 on the die, plus the 19. <laughs> what happens to this bird, Espis? What happens? Just, Esphus is just completely and totally done with the dancing colors and just buries the next arrow just in the in the dead center of the chest of it to just drop it to the ground. Just unceremoniously, so completely finished with the kaleidoscope avians that have ruined this <laughs> entry. 
Well, it was, the... it's gonna be a cool breach, and then yeah. So yeah. we're all tactical. We're stacked up. We're ready for action. We open the door and we get flashbangs. We get actually Birds. memed on by flashbangs for <laughs> a full real life hour. And I... What more can you ask for from level two combat? Oh, but it's beautiful. Bring on the rats. Also, it's beautiful. I don't have a light source. Um, what? Cast light on myself. You have a light source. No. The, okay, so the map looks awkward. Uh, the reason being because the actual map only extends three squares behind you, and behind that is where I added on some extra stuff. Those three back squares are super brighter because they're not actually part of the map. I just made slots there so I can oh. put all of you in this hallway for combat purposes. Okay. Because if I move you... Okay, yeah, it looked entirely like I had no light on me. Yeah, that's that's my merit. Yeah, give, me all the, give me all the dazzled cards back. <laughs> First of all, you cretins. Good riddance. <laughs> it's cretins. All right, everybody come crowd around the You can the tell me how to cleric. say things when you pass a dazzled chick. I yeah. never took one. So you didn't pass any. Points there. <laughs> <laughs> all right, everybody who's got injuries, please come here. You We're are. <laughs> oh, I mean... <laughs> Doing all right. You are all significantly more injured than you possibly should have been by three peacocks in a dark hallway. Three well, rats have you ever in a dark seen, hallway. Have you ever tried Vicious. to fight a bird? Birds Vicious are very peacocks. mad. And uh, at the end of this, I mean, Dalren and Buddy are and Tyrannus are all fairly bloody. All your uh, frontline fighters are beaten. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Tyrannus, with a wave of his hand, declines. He says he's fine. He has suffered much worse in training. Tend to yourselves. And, uh, he... All right, so before he can do much, I'm going to battle medicine him. <laughs> a quick little, all right, there you go. Get up under his uh, his armor and so heal that just, wound. You're just squirrely little halfling that you are. For 20. Uh, and On the medicine check. Okay, yeah, so you will heal him for 2 to <laughs> Before he can protest you thoroughly. Just, you just pull out some of the... the... 10. You, yeah, pulls you, a quill you just, out of it. Yeah, you, you just yeah. have like a, a little sticky bit of gauze, and you just slap it up under his armor. Just shut up. Yep. Take that health. <laughs> and it, that he grins a bit. Of, thank you, son priest. Not necessary, but thank you. We're allies down here. It's important to keep everyone in tip-top shape. Now, resume. I had heard that you were a bird whisperer, and now all of my hopes and dreams are crushed. Uh, well, they're about to not be crushed, because I'm about to get us some really pretty feathers to make some really awesome jewelry later. You know, only so many of these feathers are still not crumpled, because, uh, you know, there were a lot of smooshing I, a lot going of around here. Smirched. Now, while these birds have been quite effectively bullied, I do not think it's going to require any kind of a roll to gather a couple of impact <laughs> feathers. Yeah, I just want some feathers. three, like, emu-sized peacocks. <laughs> I'm positive you can find some feathers that are fine. Uh, honestly, like, as many as you really wanted to Yeah, I, I want, like, a, actually a, a bunch of them because I have something in mind for them later. Okay. So it's, like, 12 feathers. So but. you were able to pluck off a few of these feathers and then... Well, Just, I'm sitting I'm sorry about down. the hat. Sure. It's okay. I know you didn't mean it. I, I, uh... Sure wish you'd stay away from the hat, though. You know, you know how much that means to me. It's, uh, it's actually... I'm actually not too bad. 
Like, Excuse me, You are man. sitting down. All right, fair enough. <laughs> We're as, as you wish. Everybody is sitting down. I'm going to have a snack then. So you guys all sit to try to attend to your various wounds. And hold on a moment there. Uh, you, you pull out the rest of your... You hold on, hold on for a minute. <laughs> you pull out the rest of your, your kit and uh, Tyrannus pulls out that black cloth from his belt and starts to uh, clean off the blade of his halberd somewhat as you ready yourself to tend to your friends. So rather than just kind of gather around the doorway here. Yeah. And rather than make your, your wounds significantly worse with that hard one that I rolled, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to hand this coin on over to the friendly neighborhood GM over here <laughs> and uh, roll that again. Okay. Uh, you will do no such thing, uh, because as you sit down on the floor, and uh, you kind of group together here, and you start to tend to their wounds, a creature comes from the nearest hall to your left, uh, the northern one. It, at first glance, as it comes in to the light, clearly fits Frogman, what the what the goblins had told you before. Uh, it looks like just a humanoid frog creature hmm. uh, with simple, almost tribal, leathered and shell armor drawn around itself, coming towards you with a large, meaty club in hand, poking around the corner kind of cautiously, but then seeing all of you sitting around with a healing kit out, croaks, enraged, and rushes forward to attack. There's no rest here. There is no rest here. I knew I knew to suspect something when there were no doors. That was not a quiet battle, I would say. Very mm -hmm. much not a quiet battle. Well, at least I didn't make it worse. The natural one was like you were getting rid of shit, man. Reason, then you just cough, right? <laughs> now you're sick too. <laughs> Alrighty, so buddy, uh, I ended up getting a uh, fourteen on the die, which is a uh, twenty-one. I know. Look at this, right? That's so good. I'm putting you on. You're on the because right side of the GM to screen. Over here, and Espus was like, "Oh, hey, look, there's a guy down there," and I was like, "Oh, thanks." Resume. Uh, eighteen. Eighteen. Urgh. 22. 22. Just got a one up him. Yeah. I'm gonna be happy. Doran. Uh, I'm a 14. 14. Espus. 10. See, because you were pointing dun. it out to me, then you're gonna react a lot slower. Tyrannus. Not a fast Historical. Man. Not a fast man. Not He's a fast man. He's also around a corner. He he yeah, he couldn't really see them coming. See. He, he only knows when the rest of you start preparing for battle that something is coming, and he, he, he hears this, like, Battle croak <laughs> from this frogman. Uh, frogman one. He's just over there contemplating conquering. Mm. As you are all kind of seated around tending to your wounds, as the element of surprise. Frogman two. What did you have, Rur? 22. Oh, these are fast men. Well, they're ambushing you. You guys are sitting down healing. I like that although Pathfinder 2nd Edition removed the concept of a surprise round, every time it would have been like feasible or fitting, it's happened anyway. Mm -hmm. 
What? I thought it sounded so much like a like slurping milk out of a straw, like at the or at the bottom of like a cup or something. That I thought that uh, it took me a while to process. That was a frog croaking. Don't bully Sirenscape's. Frog I know. Noise. I was just well. I looked. I, I looked over Matt. I was Why like, would you slurp said, milk through because a straw? Milk is very because tasty. chocolate milk, you need a, a straw to stir it, or else the chocolate won't be good. That's that has never been my experience. You use a spoon. No, you use a straw. You have like one of those spiral straws that goes up so that when the milk goes up, it goes like. Honestly, we talk about the important what, what things in this game. I'm going to need a repeat of the milk sound <laughs> for posterity. Okay, so the uh, the front boggard actually does go first. So he is going. Oh, here's a, a frogman's. Frogman. Hey, they kind of look like frogs. Yeah, I got kind of close on this one. The Bestiary 3 box is difficult to work with, but these are kind of froggy. They're green and they look vaguely frog shaped. He is just going to rush down into the room to the group of you gathered around and towards what looks to him like the tiniest target easily available. Club overhead. And as he rushes forward, he croaks out a horrifying sound. Uh, reverberating through all of you. I need everyone to make a will save. Is this uh, something that would affect emotion? This is an emotional effect, yes. Okay. 18. 19. 18, 19? 20. 20. 11. 11. You are frightened one. Um, you know, these are spooky creatures. It's emotional. That is the third natural one in a row for me. <laughs> oh, no. Well, you know, you're getting them out of the way. Well, the good news is there's actually no critical failure for this, so you are also just frightened one. It's just, This is just kind of a pass or fail situation. So uh, frightened is actually quite a significant effect in Pathfinder 2 because it is basically a minus one to everything. Mm, All yeah. of your checks and DCs. And as he rushes into the room here, he croaks out again. Techlash! Romcon and brings the club down towards fifteen. Fifteen spicy. Would you be surprised if I said he crit you? Not at all. Because he did. Um. So, uh, second edition. You're not flat-footed. There's not a flat-footed thing. I know we had this come up before. I actually think you can use a reaction even if you haven't gone yet. I. Yeah, I, I think well because I thought when your turn came, you got your three actions. Your and a reactions reaction. get refreshed. Yeah, your reactions get refreshed. I guess that was our no, that was yeah. the thing that we were thinking about for uh, right, Mars yeah, you, attack opportunity. We weren't sure how it worked either. And I I I guess I haven't come to any conclusion. I, at the beginning of your turn, you get three actions and your reaction back. So yeah, I actually don't think you've received. You're right. I don't think you've received a reaction yet. But he is going to come in and he is going to wall up Ruhr for 14 damage as he just brings his club down on your small little halfling friend. And then the second one comes in. Uh, right behind his ally in the hallway here, he is going to see Buddy, probably also sitting or kneeling down, getting treated. And as he shakes, uh, has his club overhead, he's uh, sort of behind his, his ally here. He grins. Gonad, Bogthor! and a tongue shoots out past his friend towards you. What is your armor class? Uh, 18. He's gonna hit you. Mm. 
This is kind of a weird ability. Uh, the basics of it is as this tongue shoots out, it is going to hit you. And at the end of this frog's tongue is larger than the rest of the tongue. It's got this large sticky wad at okay. the tip of his tongue. Mm -hmm, it mm -hmm. slams into you, and as he retracts the tongue with surprising force, he actually yanks you up into the doorway. Huh. Okay. So, like... Through his friend? Oh, no, around his friend. So he pulls you up adjacent into range. Okay. Hmm. And then while he's holding you with his tongue, he's going to try to bop you with his stick. Hmm. Fortunately, stick is not agile, and uh, that is going to miss as okay. he's kind of around the corner here, and he can't pull you all the way up into the hallway. So you are grabbed, but this is a this is a weird kind of grabbed. Uh, so I'm not going to give you the card. You you are not immobilized. You are flat-footed, but you are not immobilized. Okay. Uh, Ruhr, you're up, and Buddy, you're on deck. All right. So, <laughs> oh, give me uh, your recall knowledge. These guys are society. Oh, uh, that's yeah. It's a one, two, two. Uh, still, you have you are fairly well educated with your upbringing in the church and the cloister. Uh, they don't want their missionaries going out into the world dumb and ill-informed. And I guess possibly part of your seeming fascination with the Mwangi jungles, <laughs> uh, you would be at least somewhat familiar with what a boggard is. Uh, you have already largely seen the things that they can do. Uh, they are not super smart. They are just a, a tribal creature, one of the many menaces of jungles and swamps. And the, the biggest things that you would know for having to deal with them, they have already done. Uh, their battle cry, this emanating croak, and their ability to use their tongue as a bonus weapon, more or less. I actually kind of see what you mean. Right? You can kind of hear this slurping look now. <laughs> and I hate you. I hate you for this. But it is your turn, sir. All right. Well, I've now got a gash in my head. Um, and I've got my tools right here. So I'm just going to real quick put some numbing agents in that gash. And uh, battle medicine yourself. Battle medicine myself. Battle medicine yourself. 23. 23 is a success. You heal for 2d8. Seven. So, question. Half. Question because this is a super hilarious situation yeah. if it works. Hella Halfling just says medicine check, right? Yeah. So. I just bite a banana I, real quick. I'm pretty sure with one hand you slap some numbing <laughs> agent on your head, and the other hand you slam a granola bar. <laughs> <laughs> because it. It's still a medicine check. <laughs> it still treat wounds. That's Your hillock halfling still makes it plus one. Plus so two. Plus two. You're level level two now. It's plus level. So <laughs> you slap numbing agent in your head to heal for seven, <laughs> cram granola in your mouth to heal for two. Oh, the frog is great. very confused. <laughs> oh. But he can't argue with the efficiency. <laughs> and then with the granola in my mouth, I'm going to... <laughs> oh. I'm going to channel the power of Saren Ray <laughs> and blast a ray of enfeeblement directly into his face. Alrighty, so you are going to try to strike the bugger in front of you. That's a natural 20. Well, it definitely strikes the... Do you have a... Is there a critical success on enfeeblement? There is, but he also gets a save. You have to roll to hit him? Is it yes. those? Ah. I thought most things... Oh, okay. I it's thought most enfeebled things, 3. I thought most things in 2nd edition were either hit or saved, yeah. but it's a fortitude save? I believe so, yes. Okay. I assume it's a fortitude save yeah. if he has one. 
Uh, he also got a natural 20, so we're going to have a natural 20 fight. Uh, so I guess let's see what the spell does You exactly. critically hit him, and he critically succeeds. What came first, the chicken or the egg? I don't know that there's a save, and obviously for your sake, I hope there isn't. Saving throw, 4 to 2. Okay, so what, uh, what's Range the... 30 feet, Ray. Attempt a range, a range spell attack against the target. Okay, we did that. Yeah, so if you succeed... The creature attempts a fortitude save we to determine that. the spell's effect. Okay. If you critically succeed on your attack roll, use the outcome for one degree of success worse than the result of its save. So your critical success made his critical success a regular success. Yes. So he's okay. enfeebled one. So he's enfeebled okay, one. So All right. They planned <laughs> for this exact circumstance. <laughs> While you're just 20-ing at each other, the end result is the bogger that just walloped you is now enfeebled one. That was interesting, but they planned for it. They were ready. So, buddy... Okay. The one around the corner is grappling you with his long tongue. It's unpleasant, but you're, it's not strong enough to immobilize you. He's just It's just kind of stuck to you. You can still move. Okay. Also, it is a large tongue that is stuck to you. You can, you can also just hit it. Oh, there is sure. part of his body attached to you from here. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm going to... Um, yeah, I guess I'll just like... Just uh, I'll bring my shield is what I'll do. This is a good plan. Good plan. I good like plan, it. plan, okay. So, yeah. So, uh, it's, it's just like a, a stringy object. I'm going to bring my shield down and try and, like, just bash it with my shield off. Okay. So, give me the attack roll. Okie dokie. Still about to hit it, but it's a pretty low AC. Um, okay, so that's a 16 on the die plus 8, so 24. 24 will critically succeed at striking the tongue. It's not hard to hit. It's attached to you. Okay, so then that is uh, 2d6 plus 4. Shield um, bash is d6. Uh, no, no, no. Sh well, shield spikes. Oh, you have, have shield spikes. Yeah. What kind of damage do they do? Uh, they do piercing, okay. I'm guessing. Okay, I kind of I assume they probably would. Yeah, Yeah, that makes sense. Okay, so... I don't um, shield spikes. So I have, uh, so it's 11 plus, oh, uh, yeah, 11 plus 8. So, uh, 19. So you slam your shield down this tongue for 19 damage. Uh, the spike on your shield punches right through the boggard's tongue, and you draw it back out, leaving, like, a bloody, that has a, basically a, a forked tongue for a part now. You just <laughs> leave a bloody hole there. And he croaks, clearly in pain, but this does not detach the tongue from you. Um, it's seems like it's nearly impossible to have enough strength to just bash the thing off of you outright without being able to slice through it. And uh, uh -huh. okay. you have no you have caused him a lot of pain by piercing his tongue incredibly strong, uh, incredibly powerfully. That's not really lethally threatening to him and you feel like it's not actually doing any damage to the bugger. Okay, I am going to move to the other side of and wrap the tongue around the front guy. Ha. Okay. <laughs> so you... And okay, you dance around and the tongue is now wrapped around his ally. He is now he's tangled in the tongue. And then, um... And then I get... Well, can I shove Rur back into, like, the doorway? You can shove him, it has to be away from you. So it's either back or like diagonally back. You can shove him to the other side of the hall, but uh, not out towards the doorway. Okay, I may I may shove him 
Yeah. You shove him like next to Resume. I'm gonna shove him over next to Resume then. Okay. Punt this small child. Yeah. So I will allow you if you want her to just automatically succeed as she pushes you back. Don't I'll I'll, I'll let it critically succeed. <laughs> like I don't care. Critically succeed. She's pushing you back into the other hallway. I don't know if that's something you yeah, want on you right now after Boggards like... just exploded out of the previous hall. On a critical critical success, can't you choose where they go? Critical success is ten feet instead of five. Ten feet. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll take it. So you shove, like, you just reach back with his tongue and you just bodily shove her back into the opposite hallway, away from the attacking bugger. He's still, like, sitting down, so I just, like, just move rolling. him and he just... <laughs> He's just munching granola, rolling backwards into the hallway like a freaking bowling ball. All right, resume, Nalren, you're on deck. This um, is a fight that's happening. Today is the day of shenanigans. Shenanigans. Um, so seeing that Buddy has wrapped the tongue um, around the front guy, um, Resme's going to grin um, and uh, drop a triple magic missile on him, Ooh. Um, hoping that this is going to freak him out and hopefully make him like try to escape from the tongue and maybe fling himself back. All right, so magic missile. Uh, 4, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13. 13 damage! Alright, so as these three missiles slam one after the other into the bogger, he gets just increasingly confused. So just to recap, he's coming to the room, smashed a halfling who just got bowling balled across the room away from him while eating granola. In response to getting hit is granola. Had his friend's tongue wrapped around him, tangling him up, and now he's just being slammed by magic missiles. It's a very confusing and terrifying time for this bogger, for, uh, for Zerk the or Kanade, for Kanade the bogger up here. D takes a lot of damage. These seem like fairly sturdy warriors, though. That 13 isn't going to come close to bringing them down, hmm. but it's a good start. Dalran, Espis, you're on deck. So, question. Um, was there at least a minute of time that passed between the dropping of the last bird and these guys barging into the room? Probably not, because they came to investigate shortly after. Okay, so uh, let me know how many rounds I have before I can rage again. Right, I'm going to roll a d6 and you have that many rounds left. Or I guess, yeah, d6, because it wouldn't have been 10. You have one round until you can rage again. They were it has been slow. almost one minute. <laughs> <laughs> so not this turn, but next turn. Not this turn, but next turn. Okay. Uh, so uh, kind of seeing this guy kind of tangled up with a, a weapon that can't reach him, Dalrin feels pretty confident right where he is. He has uh, a little stick. He's whooping people with a club. So uh, what he's going to do, and this is actually great. So uh, uh, Buddy's wrapped him up in a tongue. Dalren's going to take his geese arm and just try to take the guy's legs out from under him so he'll be wrapped up in a tongue and then falling on the ground. We're not trying to kill him. We're just trying to psychologically scar him his for life. Buddy's, buddy's face down at the same time. Uh, so a trip attempt uh, is going to go to an 18. 18 is not going to bring him down. Oh, he's are, tough. They are might. This is the opposite of the birds. These guys are strong. Mm -hmm. uh, they are just the embodiment of brute force. And uh, even tangled up is not quite enough to bring him down. Okay. Uh, so in that case, uh, he's going to um, just go and just start, just try to jab into him. Uh, with, well, technically, it's a slash. Because he's all wraps and that's start how oh, he's work. oh, he's... Does flat-footed lower his... It doesn't lower his athletics DC. Let me oh, his forti I don't think it lowers his fortitude save, right? Because it would go against his fortitude save. Right, but, it, like, but it's an attack... No, it's specifically armor class. Okay, because because you are flanking him uh, that's uh, true. with Buddy, so it is specifically an armor class. So yeah, it does not make him easier to trip. Okay, um, I he goes to swing, but I rolled a five on the die, which is going to be like an eight. So so this is fiesta continues. Yeah. 
And uh, with that, we'll bring us to Esphus and then Tyrannus. Okay. And then both Boggards. So Esphus will stride, and there is a hallway this way, correct? Yes. Okay, so one, two, uh, step by, uh, rur. Oh, that goes like that. There's nothing down here is what yeah, we're just trying, trying to, to get. Making sure that I can see Boggart in front. Yeah, we're, we're uh, you can see the Boggart in front, absolutely. We're playing the really hope they don't come from the other side game yeah. right now. Yep. Okay, just right, just right at 30. Um, hunt, prey, double tap. Alright, give him the Espus. Give him the Espus. Give him the Espus. That's actually what his bow's name is. Alright, first shot. Uh, 14 on the die, 22 total. 22 definitely hits. And oh, Again, they are brute force. They don't actually seem terribly difficult to strike. Okay. And second attack, uh, plus six, uh, 12 plus 6 is 18. 18 also hits. Okay. Thud, thud, two arrows right into the front bogger. These aren't birds. Yeah, these are not dodgy at all. They are not even remotely evasive. Especially because he's tangled the tongue. Mm -hmm. uh, four points of damage. Four points of damage. Damage is damage. Yep. All right. And... Uh, that's it for when, me. With that, that will bring us to Tyrannus, who has been distracted here, but behind Buddy is also flanking with Dalren <laughs> via the power of reach weapons. So he goes to swing, and then Buddy kind of gets in front of him a little bit, so he like, pulls his halberd back quickly, but sees what you're doing with the tongue. And uh, just quickly barks out, Impressive, Fafamas! And swings down with a power attack towards the bugger. He is going to critically succeed! Due to the flanking here. Oh, it's time, T-Man. It's time. Oh, we're doing it. It's damage. So that is 2d10 twice. All right, nice. So it's a 7, so 14. Critical power attack. That's a 10. So dead. 34 plus 8. He obliterates this boggard. He just brings this in horizontally and near shears the boggard completely in half. Nice. So now and there's a dead boggard wrapped around this tongue. <laughs> That's gotta taste icky. Yeah. That's gotta have a bad time. And then he's quickly going to uh, flip the halberd, uh, flip the blade over. Uh, so there's a little like hooked spike at the back, which is just gonna draw back across the tongue, trying to free Buddy, saying as a tactical advantage, the tongue seems to have been largely exhausted now. And... Minus 10. Yeah, he's going to miss. That's actually just D20. It's just a flat D20 roll. Uh, that one, unfortunately, is going to be able to, unable to hook it as it just kind of flops for a second over the corpse of this boggard collapsing. And then the one with the tongue out stuck the buddy seeing his friend fall. You killed my friend! <laughs> this is how frog gigging took off in Eastkirk. Mm. <laughs> no longer part of the Tyrannus fan club. In a complete blind rage, step forward, roar out one of these horrifying croaks, and just try to bash it, buddy. So give me all your will saves. It is an emotion effect still. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah it's, 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 it's good. Still. Oh, God, 24. I'm the most frightened there's ever been. Good. 16. Uh, You're frightened one. 11 again. You're frightened one. Uh, 26. You're good. Nine. You're frightened one. So does it go up to frightened two? No. I've no. got a, I've still got my card. Oh, you still have yours. No, it, it does not stack with itself. Uh, be, also, at the end of your turn, your frightened value decreases. So <laughs> since all of you have now gone, your frightened went to zero and went back up to one. Okay. As he croaked again, and now he's just going to come to bash you. Did oh, you, you didn't actually raise your shield. I did not. You? So you're actually no. 17 right now with frightened one. 18. Oh, yeah, 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 17. 
It's just complete, blind, enraging fury croaking out something that you're positive is insulting. Mm. He is just going to completely whiff. Coming around the doorframe and just slamming his club on the edge of the hallway here. And then just bashing into the ground next to you. Just flailing. Rur, buddy, you're on deck. I don't really know what to do. I'm going to wait a second and see what happens here. Hi, right, buddy. Resume, you're on deck. I've been kicked across the room. <laughs> <laughs> You've been kicked in the spectator seats. Yeah. You just... See <laughs> 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 granola in the corner watching the show. <laughs> okay, well, I guess let's go for another uh, hit here. With a, <clears throat> not a very impressive hit. That's a 12. Uh, Total? Total. That's, yeah, that's uh, not going to land. Okay, this time for sure, though. This time for sure. I'm going to bring this war hammer around. Ooh, much better, much better. So uh, that's so pl- uh, 14 plus 8 is 22 minus... Five. Plus two. You're flanking. That's not plus two. It's he's flat footed. His AC goes down. Oh, it's still an 18 don't, now. Don't confuse you. 17, I think. I keep on doing it wrong. 17 hits. 17 hits. Okay. That was many, many calculations. A lot of math. <laughs> I am not the best at this. Okay. It's Math Finder. It is, oh, hey. Probably, Nowhere near the Math Finder mm, it used to be. Mm, mm, yeah. You don't, you don't 12, know Math Finder. 12 damage there and eight on the eight. On the eight, eight. That's fantastic. All right, leaves you one action left. I will raise my shield. Throw your shield up, just kind of <laughs> over the tongue, just sort of wedge it in between the two of you. Uh, Resme, Dalren, you're on deck. Um, Resme will um, pick up uh, a bolt uh, from her pouch uh, with her telekinetic power and fling it out at this thing with all of her force. He's pretty open now, up in the middle of the hall, just literally glued to Buddy via tongue. Um, and that's going to be a uh, 23. 23 hits. And that's going to be uh, 10 damage, max. Okay, we're getting some solid hits on this guy. He's just flailing in an enraged fury and just being beaten down. And so. he is right in front of me, so I'm just going to go and shield, shield up. No touch. No you touch, see please. The tongue. You don't want the tongue. Yeah. So realizing I can actually do things upon seeing this, I'm going to step into action, pop shield on myself. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just All right. like, I should do things. Get smart. <laughs> I got hit on the head. I'm a little confused. And then I'm going to fire a uh, Divine Lance of Holy Righteousness, popping good energy into this Boggart. Okay. So we're going to question whether the Boggart is an inherently evil creature. Or we're going to figure that out. Tribal savages who see themselves as being... Uh, we're not going to figure that exactly. out, because that's a two. Uh, so yeah, I well, missed. A question for another day, perhaps. <laughs> <laughs> the philosophy of the wild Boggart. <laughs> 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 Esmus here on deck. All right, so Dalren, uh finally kind of feeling his soul settle back down and center himself again. Uh, he'll reactivate Dragon Rage, and I'm going to spend a second action to use my brand shiny new second level power called Shake It Off, which Just works. Reduce your frightened by one, right? I reduce my frightened by one. Um, it works on sickened too, actually. That's pretty neat. Um, and uh, it's like sickened without having to make the check. It, well, yeah, you can actually you actually get the check again, and it's you get one minus one plus if you beat it, you get more. Oh, it's awesome. Okay, really cool. Good. So yeah, that's pretty useful. Shaking, shaking off the frightened, focusing th- with your rage, your disdain. Yes. Through this thing croaking at you. A what what is this? Freaking frog! I'm not afraid of a stupid frog. <laughs> and he's gonna put this electrified uh, geese arm to smash right down into the thing's back as it's focused on Buddy. Uh, 
Uh, that's a, um... I do have a coin. It was a special coin, though, but this is worth spending. Okay, fair enough. Give me a hero point. I want to get that. Yeah, it's slightly wow. better. That's, uh, 8, 6, 14. 14 with flanking. 14's not going to do it. That's sad. All right. Uh, so, Espis, then. Can I still see the other yeah, one? He moved into the same spot as the last guy. Okay. So, uh, so tactics don't seem to be their strong point, really. Fair enough. So uh, He just died to a sniper. I better go stand there and see if I can find him. Okay. So uh, one action, hunt prey, since now my former prey is gone. And then I will take uh, two action for hunted shot to ignore cover. Fair enough. Did you shoot past Brewer more effectively? Yes. We can just rename that ability Brewer Avoidance. <laughs> Uh, 18 on the die plus 10 is 28. 28 will certainly critically hit. Nice. Yay. Oh, so it cuts as a critical hit. Mm-hmm. Oh, so... A, deadly D10. So I get yeah. deadly D10. Yeah. If, you, if you beat their AC by more than 10, that's a critical hit. It doesn't have to be nat 20s. Nat 20s give you plus one grade of success, but so, you are more than 10 over his AC, so that's a critical hit. So, do, so does that mean I can pin his tongue to the floor? Well, I, I took the... Took oh, the it's a critical specialization thing. thing. Okay, I wasn't yeah. sure if that was something that was like just... No, yeah, that's, that's critical. Be... You, There are various ways through which you can unlock the critical specialization okay. abilities of your weapons. Uh, I'm almost positive Ranger will have a way to do it through class features further down the road. Okay. Uh, but that's a thing you have to have. Oh, okay. All right. So, longbow damage. Uh, five, double to ten. And then the D10 is a two, four, twelve uh, total damage. All right. Well... Once again, King of Ending fights here. What do you do to him? <laughs> we got a new Inori on our hands. Yep. <laughs> I like it. Um, so actually, uh, Esvis, uh lining up the shot will uh, clip the arrow through the tongue back into the mouth where it was forked. Just completely <laughs> clip it off and just shove it right back into the Margaret's mouth <laughs> with the arrow attached to it. And that certainly seems to be enough to take a bunker down. You're not entirely sure exactly how much they can take, but it's somewhere below that amount of punishment. Into the so I still, he cut off basically the end part of the tongue, so it's still, the end is still like stuck on floor. me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, I wonder if we can cook this. You know, this might be some like real good meat. I don't, I don't know if you ever guys have ever had cow tongue, but Ugh, you no, know. let's cook the birds. Yeah, I we have mean, plenty yeah. of options. We'll we'll deal with that later. For now, just a quick blessing to Saren Ray. We're all not doing fantastic, and everyone's going to get five health back in a glorious burst of mm-hmm. hey. of healing light. Bring Tyrannus back up to full. So uh, as you as you say that, and you encant that, and your your healing wave comes out there. And since Resme's not injured, her hair just gets really kind of shiny and glossy, and she looks <laughs> even more pretty than usual. I like it. I mean, I like that, it. that's that's positive energy. That's just your life force. It would invigorate you regardless of if it healed you. These boggards fall to the ground, or the boggards fall, fall into the ground slain, everyone else getting this wave of healing energy coming through. And uh, Tyrannus quickly says, that is vice. We do not know if they will come again, or how many more that may be. Better a quick patch. Yeah, we'll let's deal with go. the serious stuff later. Somewhat surprisingly, the goblins seem to have had the straight of things. Hmm. Um, Darn's just going to give a listen. Can I hear anything, like, moving down the halls? So we haven't had a real opportunity to get into the exploration. <laughs> because it's kind of been combat city since mm-hmm. we got into the vaults. But uh, as you listen out, give me a perception check. 
That's uh, an eight. With almost an 18 on the die. I mean, with an eight, you can definitely hear sounds, but there are hallways coming off in every direction. This this antechamber that you're in right now extends off into the darkness to the east, and you mm-hmm. can see a, see a pile of rubble on your left on the northern side of it further away, but then it just dips into darkness further than that. There's hallways, at least three of them jetting off to the left, three more to the right. It's all solid stone crypts and uh, cellars down here. What sounds are reaching you are just echoed indefinitely from every direction. You can't tell what they are, nor even what direction they're coming from. Hmm. Okay. But uh, as the boggards fall, Tyrannus steps forward uh, over the bodies and kneels down, uh, turning the last one that had fallen over a bit, just looking, uh, checking, and looking for anything, really, any, any sign of where they're from, what's happening. Uh, they are very simply equipped, each of them wielding a club with javelins slung across their backs and this strange shell and leather armor across their bodies. But Tyrannus does find one thing relatively interesting. Uh, he pulls something off the chest, off the cuirass of the fallen boggards, and looks across the group of you, and his eyes saw a fallen Dalren. He kind of holds it up. He thinks this may be of interest to you, Scholar. Hmm. Uh, Dorn will examine it. It's an insignia. A small metal plate printed like a curved, smoking dragon's claw. Hmm. Uh, the space between the scales on the fingers and the wrist glowing yeah, with a bright orange fire. The claws themselves tinged more blue. Does the talisman itself glow, or is it just how it's, it's No, painted? it's just how it's painted. It's oh. not actually glowing. It's it's just a, a flat metal symbol. It's hmm. very neat looking. Um, Make me a... You have dragon lore? I do. Make me a dragon lore or a knowledge religion check, whichever would be better for you. I said it's probably dragon lore. It's going to be dragon lore. If I could roll above a five, that'd be better, but that's an 11. Can I also roll it? Uh, you can make a religion check. Yeah. As you just as you come over, come out of the hallway, just sort of look over this. 19. 1911, you, both of them appear to have these pins on their uh, their leather armor. But you're not positive what they mean. Uh, they're clearly an icon or an insignia of some sort. It looks similar to a holy symbol that they just wear attached to their armor, something that had been given to them uh, aside from them that would be easier than a necklace or something that they couldn't lose track of because it's physically pinned to them. The boggers don't seem super smart. Uh, but you're not positive what it is. Would I relate it to any Dalren, major you, religions? Dalren, you definitely know that this this claw depicted by this little symbol is clearly from a full true dragon. Mm. It's a it's a true dragon's foreclaw. But aside from that, you can't infer any real meaning from it. Uh, the pin seems to just simply be a curved claw. Uh, you can see that one of them they have drawn with a little bit of ash or charcoal or something around where the pin was or would have looked like smoke coming off of the hand that they just inscribed on the armor themselves to embellish it. So the cinder claw icon, I suppose. The so. other one had written a name, uh, a symbol, a single letter, a D, beneath his. Hmm. You're not sure if it's related to the icon or if that was something else entirely, as they do have some other embellishments and trophies across their armor. Interesting. Okay. It's certainly interesting. And as you look at it and Rur scoots over and Rur looks at it, Tyrannus raises an eyebrow. 
There's nothing in my education that relates to whatever this is. How about yourselves? Well, it's clearly religious. I no actual experience of what it might be myself, but there's definitely a reason that they're wearing it and a reason that it was attached as it was. Well, this is a uh, this is a dragon claw, um, as you say, worn as sort of an icon. And uh, the goblins mentioned they called themselves the Cinder Claws, uh, hence probably their attempt at making a smoke motif here. Uh, it could be a badge of office. Um, I think if we investigate more, we may find more <clears throat> evidence. Perhaps we can learn more about what these are for. So it is an icon, and it ha- probably has some significance to those wearing it. I'm glad we have t- uh, Galarian's greatest minds on this case. Um, Resme will actually um, get a, a little quiet, um, and that blank look on her face will come over her again, and she'll start to kind of whisper to herself. Um, and as she does, uh, her demeanor uh, will change in a way that's kind of become familiar to you, and her mannerisms uh, will alter slightly. Um, and I will make a religion uh, favored. Okay. okay. And I will give myself imperial blood magic. Let's see. And uh, that's going to be a 20. With a 20, as you call back on these ancestral mem- memory- memories, this this blood imprinting, this knowledge uh, within you. You see not that claw, but something different. You see a symbol of a falling, burning scale uh, with embers trailing behind it. A symbol that you would now, with this connection, recognize as being uh, a holy symbol of Dahak, the god of evil dragons. The falling burning scale is his more common symbol. This uh, this is like a lesser icon. Some, one that is sometimes still associated with the worship of Dahak, but not the prominent holy symbol. Not like the uh, the icon of Saren Ray that you have. It would be more like the uh, more simple embellishment of the sun that would still be related to your faith. Uh, like that would a, still be recognizable. Like a symbol of a scimitar, for instance. Yeah, exactly. It would still be recognizable to adherents of the faith, but is not the primary holy symbol. Is okay. Dahak the column of smoke or the pillar of fire? That I do not know, but we will find the answer here. Of this, I am sure. Listen to Resme. She knows more of this than she might even guess. Be careful, my friends. And then Resme will kind of come back into herself and go, did it, did it help? Well, you certainly said a name. Could I roll a check to see how much I know about Dahak? Uh, you can throw another religion check to see if you know anything about Dahak. Dahak? <laughs> I said Dahak? The god 18. of evil dragons? God of Evil Dragons. Yeah. So you don't know much more beyond that. It's it's not exactly it's, something. Yeah, it's not like study. a common member of Galarian's yeah. pantheon or anything. This is a so Tyrannus, as is happening, and you were you were thinking and you talking briefly. He's gonna just kind of point at Resume with a pinky. Well, if the rest of you are accustomed to this, I will be the one to ask: Is this normal? Is this it, possession? Is what normal? I have been trained to deal with many of the influences of devils and demons, and this. This strikes of possession. And that's what I thought too. But you know, I had a talk over here with this cleric of Saren Ray, and he had uh, mentioned that he didn't like suspect any evil doing or nothing. So it is certainly 
peculiar. This right. spirit seems to harbor no ill will, seems to seek to aid us, but devils work towards their own ends. Sometimes they happen to align with ours. Look, it's not a spirit, it's my brother, okay? Your brother. I don't think that's how brothers work, uh, honey. Are Maybe. you a medium? You speak with the spirits. Departed? Not exactly. My brother, well, my twin, really, uh, he he died while he and I were, well, before we were born, really, but for some reason, his magic came into me, and even as a child, I could f- I could feel him, and I can talk to him sometimes, but sometimes he talks through me, and I don't know why, and there's nothing evil about it, and it's not my fault, and I don't know what to do about it, but he's not evil. He loves me. Antares kind of narrows his eyes a bit. I have always been at least cautious, if not skeptical, of magic and blood magic. The most wild and uncontrollable of all of it, doubly so. But, admittedly, you seem to have control of yourself, generally. We've never hurt anyone. I do not seek to pry, only to ensure our collective safety as we explore these vaults. They clearly are riddled with these cultists and whatever else they have brought along with them. We do not need danger from within. It has not been a danger to us. I don't believe it will become one. Very well, then. I've trusted you insofar as to join you on this venture and to bear arms alongside you. I see no reason to change that now. I apologize if I was forward. It's okay. It's not something I usually talk about. It's awkward. Admittedly, some of my brothers in arms could have you taken for such powers, for such uncontrollable blood magics, but I have not yet taken my oaths. And as I am aware, they are no true part of them. I am just, again, cautious, is all. It's okay. With time, we'll come to understand it better. For now, it's been nothing but beneficial. I see no signs of a second wave yet from these cultists. As I attack when the room fell silent, perhaps these birds of theirs were sentries posted here to alert them. Though, and he, he turns, and he's like around the other side of the, the door and pulls the secret door back and does <coughs> just one blank wall on the other side. I see no evidence they have tried to open this. Perhaps they did not know it was here. Mm. Yeah, we should keep it that way too. Let's yeah. uh, close this back up and cover our entrance. Yeah, he, uh, he closes this uh, secret door. Well, before you close it all the way, let's make sure we know how to open it again. And uh, if you just kind of gestures, yes, this one seems to have a more simple latch. Ah, ah but that's good. I will keep watch. I am fine. Between your treatment, Sun Priest, and your magic, my wounds have been tended to. I will stand guard and treat each other. Patch up as you will, prepare as you need. I do not know what we face down here. Uh, I'm, I'm uninjured, so I'll help. Keep and a watch. I, I didn't draw any attention when they came through the door, apparently, despite my best efforts. So. <laughs> they, fortunately for us, do not seem to be very intelligent. These creatures, these frogmen. 
as I strike with brute force alone. Well, uh, considering our path forward, um, at first it would probably be wise if we tried to develop out, if, and he pulls his notes out, uh, if I can track and keep a rough map of this place to keep, so we don't get turned around, but it seems that uh, to our left of us would be uh, where the goblins were, but it's also where those cultists came from. Uh, it may be wise to clean that area out so we don't leave any cultists behind us before we explore the crypts. The dead claims the cultists chased them out of their home, so... It would make sense we found them in the same location. I do also remember from the map from that little goblin that the uh, bumblebee or whatever it was was up in, up in that section too, so we've got to keep an eye out. It is curious. Like, the goblin, is there a leader? Is there a president? Is there a chieftain? Whatever chieftain. You, whatever chieftain. they're called. Uh, claims they had this bear, but I, I'm not familiar with this frogman. I don't know what their powers are. It is possible they can commune with animals, with nature. Perhaps they have spoken with this bear. Such things are not entirely far-fetched, and these, as he just kind of gestures down at their armor, seem to be creatures of the wild, of, na- of nature itself. We noticed it's something... far from unheard of. Well, we noticed something similar with the dragon dog from up top, uh, definitely not from this climate. They clearly traveled a long way to get here. And the goblin certainly claims they had control of other creatures under their tail. Like these birds, I imagine. Hmm. I, I wouldn't have known if they could speak with animals, would I? Uh, no. I I would expect if this big bumble is here, it is now a mascot for the Cinderclaws rather than the Bumblebrushes. I, I still do find it very odd that he spoke of Alceta, who's the god, goddess of teleportation, and we keep finding all of these creatures that aren't meant to be here in this climate. Do you think they somehow harnessed the power without being here first? I don't know. I'm just saying that... The goblins that... say they showed up with them. How? Maybe what she's saying is that the thing that our halfling friend was searching for is perhaps not as far-fetched as his inane ramblings seem to be. Hmm. It's just something to keep in mind. We should expect the unexpected. We don't know what we're going to find down here. Well, we should probably pick one of these hallways. Uh, it's possible they all open out into the same room, but it's also possible they don't. Um, and their directions and where exactly it is they lead is something we can explore next week. As I feel this, with a foothold here in the vaults, is a perfect place for us to stop our third episode of the Age of Ashes here. Yeah, this is going great. I, I, this is going real great. I am thoroughly enjoying adventuring with you guys, and I hope that you are as well. Oh, and yeah. I hope that you are as well, because this... I don't like any of you. You can't find these kind of shenanigans everywhere. You can't find a brand spanking new level two party gets shenanigans by the dazzled condition from some pretty birds for ten rounds on just any Pathfinder podcast slash stream. You gotta come to the source of all idiots to get this one. (laughs) At the moment, it seems like that is almost certainly us. But, thank you, all of you, for being here. Thank you.